This podcast recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios. And we are back for another week of the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. Around the table tonight, we have Urban Fly Company's Mark Burns, big man on the board, Chris Sims, and the coolest cat around, Jim Franklin. Uh, I'm Jay, I'm the host, and here are the topics for tonight. Uh, there's some, I saw on the North Umpqua River, uh, there's some been a dam put in there, I'll talk about it a little more, but... Some bad stuff going on. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's quite the yeah. mess, so to speak. Yeah, I'd like to at least inform everybody on what's happening there. Uh, our buddy Torgy, we'll have to talk about this for just a second, but he caught a 48-inch-plus musky a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago, and uh, I, I felt bad that I forgot to mention that during that podcast because uh, that's a big fish. That's you know could be the fish of a lifetime That's a big fish for you know any one of us. I mean, I've never caught one that big. So that's that's a great, great fish, and he's been out there. Yeah, he's Hawking been grinding all summer. Yeah, yeah, he has. Uh, awesome that they have some temps. But uh, we'll get caught up on our fishing. Um, we're going to do a segment on leader setups tonight. And uh, we had a, a listener uh, ask some questions. And uh, we're going to give him some simple bass flies um, that we like to use that aren't hard to tie and are very effective. Uh, nice. Fantasy football. Football's back. I, I know if you, nobody wants to listen to me talk about football, but we're going to anyway. <laughs> so I like it. And uh, hunting, hunting came back around and I've seen our buddies and a lot of guys out there doing a lot of hunting. What's a lot in, of yo, dove getting go- killed. Goose and dove or just dove or what's in? Goose, Goose and, and dove. dove. Goose yep. and dove. Yeah. Good. September so, 1. But before we get to all that, who are you sponsored by, Mark? We've got Yeti built for the wild. Sims, check out all their new lineup here for Falls Out. Ready to roll. Cortland, we've got fall season coming up. So the Pike Musky line is perfect for it. And I'm missing one blanking out. A-Rex Hooks, fresh and saltwater. Check them out. You should be familiar with Adrex hooks. You're very. <laughs> you're intimate with them every day in your All basement. day, every day. Friends of the show, we have Ryan Evans up at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank at Chippewa River Custom Rods, our buddies over at Muskie Fool, and as always, the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance, sponsors and hosts of Beast of the East. Speaking of Tommy, I talked to him today. I'm interested to try these now Now that we've jumped up a couple guide sizes. I'm really excited to cast it. Mm-hmm. Got two 10s and a 12 coming back. Well, nice. Two that were fixed and one new one. Awesome. A little shorter butt and more of a walking wade rod. Yeah, and and I'm interested in trying that one with the, sh- the, the shorter butt because, you know, when I was casting out of the back of your boat the other day, it just... You know, when you're limited on space, that that shorter fighting butt, I think, mm-hmm. would be real nice. Yeah, this is an inch and a half, so it matches up with that 10-weight uh, Predator, mm-hmm. like that little pike one that they have on there. So not mm-hmm. a lot, but not in a little. It's more than a standard fighting butt, but not quite a, a giant one. I'm excited to see it. And we'll see it on at the Beast. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I texted Rick the other day, and I was like, Rick, Mark and I were talking about, you know, w- what lines we think you should bring and what rods we think you should bring. And we came to the idea that uh, you don't need to bring anything. <laughs> like, between Mark and I, we're going to have three 12 weights and three 10 weights. And since only two Couple of us. Two handers then, too. Yeah. And since only two of us are fishing at a time, like, I'm pretty sure we got this. And we, want, we don't want everything to be the same either. 
right? Like if, if I'm no, no, throwing... I'm going to have every rod rigged differently so me too. that we can just pick and go. Just almost like you're bass fishing out there. When you got that many rods, there's going to be every line's going to be different. Every setup's going to be different. It's just whoever grabs, whoever's up, go. Yep. Here's what, you know, here's where we're moving into this depth, run this, run this. And then the person that's running the trolling motor can switch up things when need be. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's the way to go because I always worry about rods getting stepped on in the boat. And, you know, between Mark, uh, Rick and I, last year we had, what, nine rods in the boat. And that's just, that's just, that's just too many. You know, if we have, if we have, you know, four or five rigged up and ready to go and then two in the rod storage, I think. I think we've more than fine. Hundred percent. Most of those being chippies, by the way. <laughs> you good, Jay? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm good. I think like three times there, you went to talk, and you're like, <laughs> you, you want to choke? I like the like choked up or something. No, I like. You want to uh, try that one fourteen? Man, oh, I'm, no. I'm hanging pretty hard. <laughs> I'm hanging pretty hard from yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I I hurt myself. I did it. I did a job. I I acted like my liver. Didn't matter. Like I hated it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I treated it very badly. Um, yeah. Which is totally not the norm for you. <sighs> Once in a while, <laughs> fall asleep on the floor. No, no. I uh, yeah, I crashed for a little while and woke back up and drove my ass home, dying. So well, yeah, it was it was it was pretty bad. There's nothing worse than that. Early morning hangover drive. Oh, home. dude! Oh, five o'clock. My head. Oh, I mean, my oh, head literally worse. felt like pounding. The sun's a- coming up. Absolute crap. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. What came? You know, and slept for another so many hours before I got to walk around and bake in the sun at, at the Stoneboro. Great Stoneboro oh, fair. Oh, that, that just sounds horrible. That was the only time I drank from my own spitter. Is one oh. horrible hungover morning. I had a Mountain Dew can in my center console, and I was. I was parched. I wasn't thinking right. I grabbed it, and it was hot. I took three big chugs, and I was oh like, God. "That, uh, that is not Mountain oh. Dew. I remember when we went to Michigan. <laughs> what, what was it? Oh, it was Chew Spit. Go no, I, I know that, but what, what was the flavor? Oh, hot garbage. Hot garbage? Hot, yeah. frothy was it, garbage. Was it Copenhagen? Mm-hmm. I remember. It makes me gag. Did you at least have wintergreen? <laughs> oh, I puked all over my, win- my window that I thought was down. <laughs> when we went to uh michigan you cracked that spitter open and i was like oh i remember that smell I'm like, that is like overheated sitting in the sun <laughs> you're like what's the matter i'm like you can't smell put the lid on that <laughs> that was after after our float uh-huh. all day oh that was yeah. a little ripe it, i don't i don't smell it good for you it's yeah, there there are times it's great to not smell. I feel your pain though. I've drank one before too, and oh. instantly hearing you tell tell that story, I felt that in the back of my throat. Oh yeah, and it just brings me back to like teenage days when you had them underneath the seat, and then you'd like play Russian roulette on cracking which one's been under there the longest to spit in. It's <laughs> <laughs> just absolute worst smell. It's like I can't even. It's like bringing it back to me now. Oh, I sipped one of Chad's one time. I thought it was one of the beers he was. In dark bottled beer, yeah. You know, and I had a lot, one swig left. Must have set it right beside that. Picked up the wrong one. Talking away, talking away. Uh, one of these, you know, tipped their all back, and oh my gosh, immediately hit hit the belly, and immediately came oh, out of the oh belly, yeah. like everywhere. 
Like I'm sitting there talking. You know, All right, new topic. We're at a you know college party, so there are kids <laughs> everywhere. I'm just yeah. keep her moving. <laughs> so I wanted to punch Jim, him so Jim hard. Straight oh, yeah. guy boshing. No. Yeah, moving on. Oh, yeah. that was the most horrible thing. I still hate Chad for that. Yeah. So uh, don't chew, folks. It's not good for you, and there's a very pos- very good possibility you could ingest everything that you did not want to. And so, if you drive an automobile, you will have a detail bill if you drink a spitter. So. I, buddy, it ricocheted right off the window. I'm I sure. Thought it was down. It was I'm so sure. bad. <laughs> Have the you ever had a chewing and sneezed? Mm-hmm. And then you look up and you're like, oh no. And the whole windshield's just covered. Covered. <laughs> like a shotgun blast. Yeah, it's just you're driving along and that sun hits you right and you're like, oh, poof. And you just look up and you're like, oh no. <laughs> Damn it. Like a Jurassic Park dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. I never really chewed. Yeah. Tried a little here 20, and there when I was young. Nope. 20 years. I started chewing when I was 11 at the bus stop. Uh, and I quit for five years, and then I uh, I unquit. I quit quitting, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't do that. Don't uh, don't quit quitting. Uh, I I I still regret it, but I'm I'm addicted, and I accept my limitations. Hey, it's better than killing everybody else around you. That's what I always tell everybody. Yeah. Hey, well, I have a couple things <coughs> I need to do, so I don't kill everybody else. I won't kill. I'll, I'll, they'll make me feel fine. When I quit, I sent my wife and uh, my son at the time. I'm like, you guys should go to your mom's for like two weeks because oh, I'm gonna, dude, I'm gonna quit chewing. I broke my desk chair at work, like just yeah, yeah. I had some rough days. Yeah, I thought really it'd be rough a, days. I thought it'd be a good idea to go golfing uh, the second day, and everything went wrong. Somebody hit my ball. And I missed chips and putts, and I quit on like the sixth hole. I'm like, I've, and I'd never quit around a golf. I've never quit anything. And I went, I'm done. I'm out. This isn't fun. I'm only going to insult and hurt people if I continue to do this. So I just went home. It's like, this is it. All right. So what you got on the Umqua there, Jay? Yeah. I, I see you got I, everything pulled up for the dam and yeah, good. Oh, yeah. That's fine. Uh, the North Umqua River. Uh, the uh, there's an article written by Will Poston. Uh, you can find this all on Instagram. It's on uh, Fly Lords. Had it up on theirs. Uh, that's where I saw it. Um, there's a da- I, I'm not. I read some of it. Um, I'm not. A, I didn't remember everything I read two weeks ago. But uh, just a little like it's not an Ohio. It's the uh, I'm sorry. The Winchester Dam. It's uh does not generate hydroelectric power. It's just to basically hold water for skiers you know rich landowners that want to ski in this area and uh it just says that they're doing construction on it i'm not sure exactly what happened look into it um there's um i signed the uh there's something you could sign petitions you could sign right on the fly lords or the the page there if you go to the links uh i just thought it was something that everybody should check it out and uh you know see what you think Uh, i hate to see this kind of thing it talks about um, steelhead, um, not being able to summer steelhead runs, not being able to run, uh, lamprey kills already happening. Uh, so all kinds of bad things. You know, they're probably holding a lot of the water up too, to keep water up for skiing and causing just extreme heat and shooting them river temps up to 85 degrees. And, uh, they're talking about, and you could see in some of the pictures, just the amount of pollutants that are com- going into the river, uh, below that. And it just that's just one of these things. Like I, I, I feel heartbroken when I see these things, you know, and hey, if anybody can sign something or, you know, get enough people to, you know, get a little movement happening or 
got to fight the power somehow, right? Yeah, and it works. I mean, you look at Tim Landwehr's efforts in the Friends of the, the Menominee. Uh, they got that, that gold mine uh, temporarily shut down north of them. Uh, I don't know where the progress stands now, but I, I donated money and I signed I signed their petition to to fight to fight the man to fight yeah. to, as a as a very good friend of, of commerce <laughs> and uh, making money. Uh, I I signed up to fight the man because I mean you watch all of Tim's stuff and you listen to Tim talk and how how serious he is about that and how passionate he is about his his waterway. And, you know, he went on the Mediator show to blow up and spot burn his river to to get awareness out uh, on yeah. the, I think it was a gold mine. Wasn't it a gold Maybe mine? Gold or copper. Gold or copper north, north of them uh, to, to try to get it stopped. And it worked once. We'll see. Uh, from from what I, the last thing I read the, or the last email I got was, that they sold it. That they sold the rights. Is a Canadian company now yeah, has it and something? I, I don't want to. I don't remember it very well, so I don't want to get it wrong. But the fight's not over. Mm. But but they won round one, which is awesome, awesome. So, you know, if you can get out there and if you can do stuff to to help rivers, even if it's not your own river, it's it will be one day. Absolutely. You know, it's and you, I when you get to go out other places and see beautiful places and see things. It's just hard to, you know, you're like, wow, we're just going to ruin that? Ruin that for right? just for our, our own, you know, luxury's sake? That just, uh, it just makes me kind of cringe a little. but Especially if it's for jet skis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's that time of the year, too. It's Labor Day. Yeah. Time for you to get your, you know, your kayaks hung up. And if you have a jet ski or pontoon, don't yeah. forget to pee in the gas every tank to stabilize the fuel. Every <laughs> 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 I drove by the, the boat launch. Uh, all three days this weekend, and everybody's asking me, they're like, you're gonna, you're gonna get out, you gonna." I was like, "No way!" It is amateur hour out out mm. on the river this weekend with Lake Two, man. Yeah. I promise you. Oh, Lake I believe, I believe you. All of it. Now, the nice part is, is it all starts to taper off a yep. bit now. This is when I will start fishing the river again on weekends after this weekend, which is which is fantastic because it's looking good. It's looking real good. But I mean, I saw. In our, I mean, the river's at three feet. I saw jet skis out there. There was a, not, I, I was going to say a hovercraft. Uh, yeah, a, a hoverboat. <laughs> a, a, a hoverboat with the, the fan. with the big fan on the back out on the river today. Like, yeah, I want to, I want to be on the river with that. <laughs> and the jet skis. <laughs> and, you know, my buddy who owns the kayak rental place sold out all weekend, all three days. Oh, sure. So that means I know there's 300 kayaks out there and two dozen canoes. I mean, everybody did have a nice weekend to do it. Yeah, it was a beautiful weekend. And I hope I hope they did. You know, I know that get I'm not going to go do that. Yeah, go get it out of your system. Go do yeah. it. Enjoy. It was other than being ridiculously hot. It was a great weekend. Oh. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to the next three days being outside at work either. Oh, oh my man. gosh. At least it, we're working in a shady area with a lot of trees around. Yeah, 88. High of 88. Yeah, I've yeah it feels like 92 95. Yeah. the next day. Oh, my gosh. Where's fall? We had a couple days where we were getting some nice cool nights there for a little while. Thursday. I just yeah. hope we don't get one more snap after. 
Because it looks like it's starting to break there Thursday, and we're looking good yeah. after. So yeah, hopefully. hopefully that holds, and we don't get one more snap there. Hopefully we get some rain around the third week of September. Mm. You know, a a week of just good rain, so that you know we've got a nice river for the beginning of October. So we don't bottom our boats out. That's correct. Yeah, I totally feel you. Yeah, mm-hmm. water for the fish to move be nice. Yeah, yeah. Cool it down a little bit. That'd be real good. Oh, yeah. I mean, the river's hot yeah, right now. Ours is as well. Uh, it's It's got to be 76 degrees, I thought, when the last was, time I looked. Yeah. I mean, Thursday when I came off, it was 70, oh, about 75, and it's kept going from there, so it's got to be hotter. What well, was got, it Sunday? It was like 73 on Sunday. Uh, it started off in the morning at like 70. Yeah. It was really nice. And then by nice. the end of the day, it was like 72, 3. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, we had a, got lucky there for a few days and had a nice little drop, but it just it kicked right back up right after it. That was awesome. Uh, we'll get to that, uh, our fishing extravaganza. Yeah, yeah. But that was absolutely. awesome. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Like I, we were talking, it's just that we had that little cool, cool, oh, 49 degree night. Oh. oh, it was the best. I had fanned in the window sleeping. Oh. oh, cuddled up underneath covers. That was the most amazing thing. I woke up early so I could walk outside in just a pair of shorts and drink my coffee. It was heaven. I love it. The same thing. Went and sat in the garage <laughs> and messed with bucktails and just opened the garage door and everything. It was I perfect. L- I just let my dog, my dogs, what you know, follow the turkey trails and the deer scents all morning through the yard. It was oh, just perfect. Fall, I love fall. Autumn, baby. It's starting Autumn. to get there. It's starting Speaking to get there. Speaking of turkeys, oh, do we set them off Thursday night? We floated through while they were all roosting. Oh yeah, and it was like literally like a thirty-minute stretch of like every 15, 20 yards or so. Bird, bird, gobble, gobble, bird. Gobble. No, just busting them out of the tree. Oh. Bust out of the tree. Bust. Oh, I bet we busted probably. 25, 30 birds. I thought oh, they were like re- up in the tree, like going they were, up into the no, tree. They were already in, and then the first batch flew in, but the rest of them were already down. As soon as we kept rowing, every time you rode under, they just kept busting out. It was oh. ridiculous. Yeah, we got a flock of like 50 in the yard, True. And, and my dogs just love to follow that scent. And I let, I let Scout out, my two-year-old, out first, and she does her damnedest to catch them. She won't, but, because, I mean, she's a, 70 pound lab house dog right like she's not she's not gonna catch a flying bird but she tries she bark at him and it's funny to watch maybe in the right time of year she might uh get one that might be pissed enough to to, to let her know she's made a mistake yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah mine tries to get a deer about every day ends up back in the field chasing him Although I think Winston could catch a deer. Yeah, he's pretty squirrely. Yeah. <laughs> he tries. I'll give him that. He's a good dog. He's come such a long oh. way, man, since you got him. Yeah. And even the funny part is, is he'll just fire, like, just fire out the way to the back. And like, as soon as they get to the woods, he's like, dang it. And just stops and just trots <laughs> right back. It's like, I lost. <laughs> I think it's funny that, said, that you said since Mark got the dog. Since the dog picked Mark. He did. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. yeah that's fair, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Winston got Mark. Mark oh, didn't get Winston. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Everywhere. I mean, we sit down to eat. He's laying under the table on top of my feet. I go to the bathroom. He's laying up against the door. I'm down tying. He's right there. He's just always, always beside me. I remember the string of texts that day. 
I thought uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought one too. day uh, shortly uh-huh. after he got him, Mark was going to pick to get rid of him because he got lassoed up in the river while we were wading and fishing and had things in his hand and got swept off his feet by the dog chasing down a duck or something. I mean, I'm talking complete ass up That's, in the that air. That is like the first time I've the ever been sweeped completely underneath. You know what I mean? Where you're like standing there and all of a sudden like a rope just poof, right underneath you and you're down. Oh, yeah. The look of just pure rage <laughs> whenever he oh. stood up. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's came away. We've had him for at least a year or so, right? <laughs> year or so? Uh, a little over. Yeah. June. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, as they get older, my dog's five now. He's really calmed down. And you know, I mean, he used to be a maniac. He's still a maniac, but not quite as much as he used to be. I like your dog. I have to take Remy to the vet on Wednesday to have his his testicles removed because one is twice the size it should be. Oh. And he's nine, and he's a good boy, and, you know, we're all worried that it could be something that it's not supposed to be, and... Oh, yeah, that stinks. Yeah, it sucks. Lob them off. But it's it's not going to be. It's going to be a, an infection or a backup or something, but they're just going to get rid of them because why keep them? Yeah, time like, now. Yeah, we're not, we're not breeding them now. He's nine years old. We were going to breed him, but that breeder ended up moving to South Carolina, so we didn't end up breeding him at all. So It's a long drive for my dog to get lucky. <laughs> like dad why are you taking me down here i could just go back in the woods <laughs> yeah, for an hour absolutely yeah there's just neighbor's dog out on the yeah. other side of the woods and yeah. i could be back in yeah. a half hour chris's dog's out there Works tagging a coyote <laughs> that would be an interesting looking dog yeah white lab and a coyote yeah that'd be really cool look like winston yeah. <laughs> just like winston <laughs> yeah so we got torgy's 48 inch summage musky i think he said he came on a uh Oh, what was it? What's the one with the body tubing head? T-bone. T-bone. Yep. Came on a T-bone. There you go. So. Nice. Good for him. Yeah. He, uh, was that in his state or our state? It was in his state. Good. He fishes the lake up there. Uh, I know he comes down here quite a quite a bunch. He got that boat and really, really has been putting in a lot of time on it. Really, every time I just talked to him the other day, every time I talked to him, he just... Musky, 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 musky. He's yeah. all in. He, he really he does. In. He loves it. He's out there trying his ass off. Uh, I told him, yeah, you come down and fish, and I'm um, fish for anything but musky. We don't have the – well, I mean, you pick and choose if you get the luckiness to have the days, but – Well, as long as his know. luck runs out in about a month. I told him I'm it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay with it. He said, you stop that. Don't you say that. <laughs> well, said, we said Lord. it on air, so it's real now. Yeah. The energy's out there, Torg. I told him it's it's you're not it's gonna it'll end right there. Yeah. Did you see the uh, the post that Matt put up? You know, pick your oh pick yeah, your, pick your teams. Oh yeah. Like I couldn't. Uh, now here's the thing: can you duplicate the numbers that somebody else already picked? I don't see why not. What was it? So Dixon put a, a post on Facebook and he listed all the teams and all the members of the teams and he said who's going to take top three. Mm. And it was it was a really cool post. Uh, I I only saw it like right in its infancy. I haven't checked it since. I really hope everybody picked uh, Urban Fly Cartel because you know. I'm just saying uh, our three teams are dominating the feed. Are they? Are they are dominating the feed? Wise. I I, I noticed <laughs> a few. I noticed a few other people. A few other teams had picked themselves. 
and picked us right afterwards. So I was I was very uh, hey thanks guys for having some faith. Uh, got yeah. some Hopefully we'll catch some damn fish. I mean we're gonna try hard. Well we got a pro and we've got the luckiest or the used to be the luckiest man on earth, Rick Ellier. Hopefully uh, them years haven't team. caught up to him. Hope, hopefully, hopefully all those uh, months of not catching a sim- single cobia on the fly will translate t- to a muskie on the fly. Oh, we're going to have to stand and keep smacking them. Figure eight. Figure eight. Figure, oh, that's, so, so the job in our boat is run the trolling motor. You're either fishing. There's two of us fishing or one's running the trolling motor and reminding Rick to figure eight and double haul. <laughs> but i say that uh and rick has caught the most musky out of either of us at the beast so we love you buddy please do that again uh, in about a month here also uh, i'm excited to sleep in your trailer oh man i'm pumped i'm i'm super you know we were talking about it the other night him and i uh it's a month away yeah we're a month it's out. coming man it's gonna be here it's real gonna quick be here fast yeah i made my i made my costco list i'm like claire we're going to costco at the end of september because i need this 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 and this for the for the food for the for the boil and yeah like it's actual planning time yeah yeah sags it sounds like their team's all in to hang out and be around again yep. and now there were great guys to have around i'm looking forward to the food and the i'm glad the rumor i heard about that was wrong i i had heard that nikki didn't get in but super glad he did and it doesn't look like uh matt let those other five teams in Yet, no, I saw that. Yes, uh, and I finally uh, got unlazy and got everything figured out, sent in. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, got unlazy <laughs> finally. So, nice. yeah, I did see that we were team number two. Yeah, the Urban Fly Cartel. It takes my wife. I have to like. Involve, it takes your wife I, to I tell you to, what no, to do. I have to involve my wife with something like that. Because if it were just up to me, it would never get done because I'm the laziest, most irresponsible person on the planet. That's fair. So good you on know, you, man. That takes that yeah. takes a big man to admit that yeah, shit. I know my I know my deficiencies. I know who I am. Just like you said, I know who the hell I am. Yeah. I, that is me. <laughs> so if I can get her involved, she always makes everything happen, wipes my butt for me, you know, does those type of things. So Right on. Yep. Just gotta Matt, you just I'm just gonna give Matt hit her email <laughs> and she'll send all my stuff in next year. Right away. Um, oh, I'm just oh, so excited. So excited to hang out and yeah, be around all gonna, the guys, man. It's going to be fun. We're going to miss Bam, though, this year. Like, Bam was... He was fun to have in camp. Bam was a lot of fun to have in camp. Uh, that made for a good... Something different. It was nice to have somebody else in kind of like a different view there, and it was fun Yeah, showing them around. But we're going to have we're going to have the Cortland guys in camp this year and they're going to be a different view and that's that's going to be nice. And I watched one of them catch a muskie, so and I watched one of them strip set three times. So I'm calling you out, Chris, right now. Strip set three times. Strip set? Or no, I'm a trout set. There you go. Oh, I was going to say, say strip set three times. That's pretty damn good. Like, I, I thought he was uh, talking him up going you're, Yeah, I know. You're really hooking that damn I thing. That not, way. That's, I, that's I, the way to be. I made him drink a uh, mini bottle of Malort. Oh, there you go. I, I gave <laughs> him his first one as an unforced error. Uh, and the second one, I'm like, sorry, dude. You got to drink this mini bottle of Malort. You don't trout uh. set in my boat. So who's, gonna, who's bringing the bottle of Malort to start the fires with? I figured you would. I already got it, brother. <laughs> well, you know the saying. 
it's just as bad the second time. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, I bought a bottle. In, I mean, it was the cheapest bottle of everything I bought in Illinois, so I didn't feel too bad about it. Well, you know, what he, these pants aren't going to shit themselves. That's right. But I'm also bringing a bottle of E.H. Taylor small batch to make up for the Malort. So anybody who's at camp who likes whiskey, I'm bringing, I'm bringing a bottle. Oh, I got a, something for a you. A real bottle. I got something for you. Hell yeah. So uh-huh. 2023 Ford Raptor with a heated steering wheel? No, it's an Irish car bomb. And oh, you're going to drink a lot of them. Oh, my God, yes. Please. And you're going to drink a lot of them. That's my jam. That's that's my... Uh, we've talked about this. That's, Cr- my, that's my anti-drug. Chris is going to be throwing grills across the, the camp. I don't get angry, dude. I'm not an angry drunk. I'm the happiest storytelling drunk (laughs) (laughs) you sure are you've ever experienced chris the next day yeah yeah chris we we heard that one yeah we know yeah yeah we heard that one and so then i started with did i tell you this one and the before i could say a word yes yes you did (laughs) i don't even think i fished that year did i i was just up to hang out no, Chad was up to hang out that year. Oh, you I did fish. Okay. Yeah, that was the year you and, you and PJ and uh, Ryan won. Oh, was that that year? Okay. Yeah. I remember coming up the, uh, the year before. Was it? I yeah, did not yeah. fish. Chad and I didn't fish. We had a wedding and yep. again. But got to meet you that year. I was on the lake that year. The year before I was on the lake, but not for the beast. I had my family out. Hmm. And it was the windiest day I have ever been on water. That, what was it, the Saturday of the beast the year before? Oh yeah, that day was ridiculous. It was like th- sustained thirties. Yeah, it was the and I saw I saw everybody fly fishing. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the weekend of the beast. Uh, I had my family out, and I was like, I can barely run this boat, not fly fishing. How are these guys doing it? Like it was, it was a treat. Aw- there were white caps. We had my 15 footer, the little crest liner. Nice. Point the nose right into it, and one guy's casting dead into the wind, and the guy on the back's throwing off shoulder. Well, and you know what? That crest liner with that deep V probably handled mm. all right. My better, <laughs> better than a raft. Yeah. My jet boat <laughs> did not. My jet boat, like I'd be on plane and I'm still getting blown oh, around from that wind. Yeah, that, that was that was super windy. I felt bad for you guys. That was a tough one. I don't think we... I'm trying to think that if we moved that's the fish a, that day or not. That's the one that Derek... No, that was a different... Or I, I'm thinking of a different day. Yeah, is that that day that Derek caught that or lost that fish? I don't know the answer to that. I'm, I'm I assuming thought that was, it was a different year, but maybe not. Yeah, this was this was the year before the Urban Fly Cartel was. Okay, was so formed. it would have been dear there. Yeah, then we, okay. Super windy, but the day before there was wasn't one, too bad. There that was Friday one a couple of years bad. before because I remember fishing with Chad and Nick in my crestliner. That was like maybe that was the year before. No, the year before she fished with Chad. So it been two years before that. That day was hands down one of the roughest days of fishing I can ever remember. I mean, it was literally just full bore ripping through there at 30-plus, and it never laid down all day long. I mean, you just set up, blew right through, turn around, and ran back through the chop, and blew right through, and it was just... And that's the risk. Like, we've had pretty good, you know, the last two years have been pretty nice. Been a little warm, but really... Weather-wise, yeah. we had rain the first year. Uh, luckily, you guys ended up zipping up my my tent. <laughs> my tent. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we did. We pulled into rain that year. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 
Yep, we had rain because Friday was blazing hot, and then Saturday was rain all morning. That was the year I didn't bilge my boat. <laughs> and then la- last year was perfect, absolutely perfect. So hoping for a perfect year again this year. Day two was day two was was a little hard last year because we went from it being really hot to then we had that cold snap move through. Yeah, and the wind and the wind picked up. And I mean, that was like a completely different day two of fishing. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was yeah, definitely a different day. It was That's raining. We were putting our we had our waders on the second day. The first I, day we had flip flops and I wore long pants. Wow. Which is which is something. Like that <laughs> Yeah, that was a polar opposite. Mm-hmm. Not the day I missed that big one. Which big one? No. That the, day, been... the day you met the, you missed the big one was the super sunshiny day. Yeah, but remember it was two years kept, ago. Yeah, and it kept raining really hard. Then the wind kicked up. Remember because it was raining and windy when that fish ate, and then like five minutes later it was full sun. Well, I remember it being full sun when that fish ate because it it shimmered at us, like mm. it it turned sideways, and it was like oh, <laughs> fifty inch musky, nah, and then. <laughs> well it gets bigger every time it's yeah, but uh-huh. but I'm not kidding, it was every bit of four feet. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And it's tough. PJ to PJ had the same thing that year, had one come all the way to the top of the water, literally turn sideways and try to eat his fly, and he just like stopped. And you know, he caught two fish that year, where I'm not complaining, but that was one he did he didn't mm. we did whiff on it. You're like that one was bigger than both the other fish, and you're like, oh man. That one just no, it was like both them fish. That one yeah. is like the, fl- the fish ate. I let him turn. I wait for him to like see his tail, hit him, and the fly comes out. And the other one won't eat, won't eat, won't eat, won't eat. Finally, I jam the rod down to figure out the thing eats below the jet head. So I strip back and I slam my rod and the fish into the jet, and then <laughs> it pops off. There goes the fish. And then everybody on the lake heard Mark's reaction to that. (laughs) (laughs) Colorful language. Oh, it was. Oh, I was so... Because that that fish went around like seven, eight times. And finally, I'm like, I'm just going to bury him. He won't eat on a pause. I I speed it up. He won't eat. I come in high. I come in low. I come real deep. It's just nothing. Finally, I just shot it and just put both hands, went right down underneath the jet head. And doesn't I just feel like the whole rod just shake. I'm like, yep, he ate it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and was then the I ate the jet. And that was the year I didn't move a fish. Rick got that big 40 and a half. You you missed that the big one short struck you, you didn't miss it. Yeah, either of them fish would have beaten Jay and them. Either of them. That's all I needed was oh, one yeah. of them to I stupid never, fish. I remember at the end of the day, Saturday, it's like three thirty, and Rick's like, Come on, Sims, come on, Sims, catch a fish, catch a fish. I'm like rapid casting as fast as I can cast and retrieve. And I am fuming with rage because you guys have moved fish. You missed two. Rick caught one. And and I know Rick was doing it, you know, to to motivate the team. But that's not how I'm motivated. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, why the fuck do I do this sport? Why am I doing this? Why am I standing in the front of this boat? I'm tired. My back hurts. I haven't had enough whiskey. I haven't moved a fish all goddamn weekend. Yeah. Rick's yelling at me. And I'm, I'm just getting so mad. I'm like, stop it. Stop. So then You're so being he, a bitch. So then he waits a year and <laughs> says, all right, with a half hour left to go into peace, I'm going to lose my drone. <laughs> it sends it out of range. <laughs> we got happen. a half hour left. He's like, I got to go get the drone. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> 
Oh, I was so I was. That was the only time in my life that I've questioned <laughs> what you were doing. Musky fishing with a fly rod is because it was two days of grinding, and you guys both moved fish, and I know people were catching fish, and I didn't. I didn't move a fish, and everybody has it. Everybody, no matter what you do, no matter what you're doing, when you're not succeeding, you have that moment of, why am I doing this? Oh, every day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Every day. (laughs) It's like, all right, time to change something. Yep. Absolutely. It's it's one of those things you, you know, pound a what you pound a head against the wall and pound your head against the wall and hey, but once it happens, it happens and it's a great feeling. Last year, I had a big fish underneath the boat. I'm figure eighting, and I go to pull up, and Mark's like, eight, 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 and I'm already, I'm already committed, and I watch this fish, and it's, it wasn't super long. Like, maybe it was 38, 40, but it was, it was wide, and I watched it, enough. it just, I watched it just cruise away from the boat. I like how you added the figure eighting into that one. You never I, even got the figure eight. I aided. You did not. The fly was already up out of the water coming in. I'm like, Chris, get the fly down. And then he goes into the figure eight as the fish is porpoising up, going, oh, hey, guys, over you. Can we go back down and <laughs> check sure out this lo- fly? Huh? Sure <laughs> <love> <laughs> cool this. fly you got there, Chris. <laughs> That's a nice boat, yeah. bud. <laughs> that that year, though, that uh, there were a lot. Of, we moved a lot of fish. Uh, or what should you say? PJ moved a lot of fish well, other than... Well, Dixon, you know, that year, Dixon, yeah. they said they moved like 20, 30 fish in that one hole. And and I believe them. I mean, why would they make that up? Sure. Uh, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, and I know exactly where that was. And it makes sense based on the structure that they would mm-hmm. on those days. But, yeah, we wanted to fish that. We, we would come around the bend like every 20 minutes and be like, oh, <laughs> those guys yep didn't. they're still there yeah yep. those guys didn't move at all but i mean i guess if you're moving a fish every 20 minutes yeah, why would why would you move yeah oh that's what kept us where we were at yep that yeah. and the lack of they're, lack of uh motor that year but they're yeah. everywhere on that lake yeah i mean and the same with the river i mean there you can i mean there's going to be your areas that are obviously going to have more but you're going to find them about everywhere hey well that note we want to Take a little quick one, and we'll come back on catching up on everybody's fishing and what we did. Sounds great. All right. Hey, we're going to catch up on uh, some of our fishing. We've had two weeks, and it seems like everybody's got out, and uh, we've got all together. Um, but before that, you went to visit Aaron. You got a sweet muskie on your chest. Yeah, I went to uh, last Saturday, so a week ago yesterday. Went and saw Aaron. Uh, I got behind a car wreck, and I had to sit there for like 20 minutes. And I'm texting Aaron. And I'm like, dude, I'm behind a wreck. Was that out on 82? I'm going to be late. No, it was on. It was right before you get to 80 on Route 8. And the, I'm not going to do this. Uh, but I have uh, a thing about volunteer firemen. Uh, they sent, they parked their fire truck across all four lanes for a, a fender bender. So I'm sitting there waiting, waiting. And I'm texting Aaron. I'm like, dude, I'm so Sorry. I'm running behind, and he's texting, and then I get moving, and he's texting me. He's like, dude, i got to be gone by 5. I'm like, I know. I'm on my way. So I share with him my location on my phone. He's like, it says you're half an hour away. I'm like, I'm only seven minutes. So it was it was stressful getting there because I hate, 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 hate being late, and I know his time's valuable, right? Like he's he got there. He moved my appointment for me 
because I had something I had to do on Friday. So he moved it for me to Saturday. So he's already out. And then I'm like, I'm going to be 25 minutes late because volunteer fireman. I'm going to be 25 minutes late. Uh, and then I get there and he gave me proper shit. And I wasn't upset. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I deserve it. He, he's, oh, he's, uh, yeah. he's good for some shit talk. I earned it. And so what I did is I had sent him Bam's uh, Mean Mama musky picture. And I said, I don't want this tattoo. I want your take on on this this motion this movement and this this kind of musky and he's like got it so i get there and he's like i'm going to show you the one i like uh, but then i'm going to show you a couple other designs and he shows me the one that he likes and i'm like uh that's it and he's like wait let me show you the other ones too and he showed me one of like just a musky head kind of like what bam has on his forearm but it was it was more realistic it wasn't the lines that bam has and then he showed me like two other ones and he's like, the one you sent me, the f- <laughs> I did it, but then I mocked it up on the body and it looked like the muskie was eating your nipple. So <laughs> I had to change it around. I'm like, buddy, I can't tell you how much I appreciate not having that. That would have been body. fantastic if he just did it. It was like, oh, well, sorry. Yeah, he's about to eat your big old bobber. National Geographic nipple, Jimmy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Well, hey, so should have turned your nipple kids, into a fly. When you have kids hanging off of them all the time, I mean, that's what will happen. <laughs> so right? let, let, let you should have. You should have turned <laughs> yeah. your nipple into a Buford turned, head yeah. and then just took the rest <laughs> of it off the back of it. Dude, he stayed like three inches away from my nipple, but as he got close to it, oh yeah, like tattoos, I've never had a tattoo that hurt, right? And I still haven't. I haven't ever had one that didn't hurt. But as he got closer to the nipple and I'm like, ooh, I can see how this would be uncomfortable. Like real uncomfortable. And then, so it comes over almost into my armpit. So it comes from where my pec meets my delt, the whole way down my chest to the, on my left side, to the right of my nipple, and then it comes around up above it. Uh, it's a pretty big tattoo, but a couple parts were, were tender, but he didn't shade any of it. What he did was he stippled the entire thing and stippling is like like a poking art and it looks it looks awesome it's on my instagram if you want to check it out if you don't i won't be offended either but uh no it's a really nice piece of artwork it's it is cool mm. i like i like that that design or that even that way of doing art uh, I've, I've done a lot of that even just in college and yeah in high school with with pencils but looks to be able to do it with a with ink is is pretty awesome. Yeah, it looks awesome. Uh, I mean, it took like three hours, which isn't an incredible amount of time. The only bad part about the whole thing is I had to keep my head turned ninety degrees to the right Ooh. for three straight You're hours. Stiff. Oh, it was stiff. But Aaron's like, you know, I don't like bending over for three hours either. I'm like, yeah, I get it. We're, I mean, I'm we're square. We're good here. But I'm super happy with it. So. So I text my friends, my friends, Jim and Jay and Mark. It's because we're your friends. <clears throat> well, it started with Jay texted me, texted me, and he's like, hey, man, how'd the tattoo go? How's Aaron? I'm like, I just finished up. And then Aaron texted me the picture of it, and I texted that to them. And the very first response is from Jim. 
And he goes, that's awesome. I really enjoy seeing your National Geographic nipples in a picture. No, I said your tattoo almost distracts me from your National Geographic nipples. Even better. That's even even better. better, Even better. And and I laugh my ass off on that. And then Jay Thompson fires back immediately. Always had three kids. What do you expect? I wasn't even upset. Like... These were phenomenal roasts. I felt good about it. I was proud of my friends. Did you show your wife? And I was she laughing? Absolutely did. And she laughed her ass off. Earlier that Sunday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was a great time with Aaron. Aaron, as always, you're an amazing artist. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your talents. Uh, there's... There's going to be more in store. We talked a little about your hand tattoos. And I said, I said, are you trying to talk Jay into hand tattoos? And he goes, I'm not trying to talk anybody into any tattoos. And I went, that's. But you mentioned it last time. That's probably the right call there. But yeah, uh, he's mentioned it. I I don't think I can do that. But my next tattoo is going to be from uh, Drew Wilson. He's possibly coming up uh, either this fall or spring and i'd like to get that dorado i caught and he's gonna do and since i caught it in mexico i want that dia de los muertos face on it so he's gonna do that on my my right arm i saved my i wanted the musky in my right arm but i really want that dorado so i saved my right arm for the dorado and i and i asked aaron about it first and he's like dude that's not i don't i I can't do that he's like i probably can but that's not that's not what i want to do yeah, he has a certain style. Yeah, and I said, would you be offended if I reached out to Drew? And he goes, no. And I reached out to Drew, and Drew's like, dude, yes. You can fly into Arkansas, and we'll get it done. And then I told Aaron that, and Aaron's like, he's coming up here in the next year or two, so just wait. And I went, yep, I'll wait. It's cheaper than a flight to Arkansas. Yeah. But if I went to Arkansas, we'd, we'd go fishing. Faux show. Is there water in Arkansas? Oh, Arkansas, baby. Yeah, he's got that. He's got a YouTube series, uh, fishing for f- tattoos. It's pretty good. So yeah. what he does is, uh, and his handle is Drew L R, Drew Wilson. Awesome, awesome tattooer. Uh, so what he does is he'll bring you down. He'll pick people from his Instagram, but like you won this trip, so come on down. Uh, if you can get down here next weekend. We will gamble on what tattoo you get, right? Like, we're going to go trout fishing. If you catch a trout, and he'll make them roll dice, right? So he'll roll dice and say, if you catch a trout over, roll the dice. Over 16 inches, you get a, you get a tattoo of a brown trout or whatever trout you catch. But if it's under 16 inches, I get to choose the tattoo you get. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. And he's he's not an asshole about it, but... Like the one was like, I tried. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Are they like still like fishing related tattoos? Yeah, and they're good looking tattoos. But he's like, look, I'm going to make you. I'm going to. You're a fly fisherman. I'm going to. I'm going to do a tattoo with if you don't. If you don't meet the challenge, of a sunfish with a nightcrawler on a hook. Oh, that would uh, be that would be an awesome <laughs> tattoo though. But dude, his tattoos are amazing. He's so and he's a color guy. Where Aaron can do color. But his his passion lies in black and white, and Drew is a color guy, and more of a I don't want to say cartoony, but um, 
like a, a color tattoo. If you haven't checked out Drew Wilson, it's Drew LR on the Instagram, and he's got just fantastic stuff. Uh, check out his YouTube series, uh, Fly Fishing for Tattoos. Oh, it's going to make me log in. But he's he's super, super good. And that's who I want to do my Dorado with a Dia de los Muertos face, which I think would be super cool. Hell, yeah. Nice and colorful. I like the color. I think I'm rolling the rest of the way up the arm. Um, oh, yeah. Hell, so yeah. So you should get some tiger, a little bit of tiger in there. I think some brownie through here. I don't know what's going on the top of the shoulder, but we'll see. You should go from brook trout to tiger cool. to brownie. You that, got to do palomino. Oh, I'm getting a palomino. <laughs> get a banana. Jay, no, banana. I wanna, I Jay wanna, is all palomino. I, I, wanna, <laughs> I definitely want a hybrid somewhere. But we, I said about my back and my calf, but it'd be the smallest hybrid in the world if it was in the back of my calf. So I don't know if I could do that. Might that'd have to be, throw it on the thigh or that'd something. That'd be a I'm cool sure. color pattern going right into a hybrid. Going off that, going into a hybrid. Yeah, we'll have to see. But uh, so you guys got to do some other, you guys got to do some fishing together, the three of you. Mm-hmm. And you got to see oh, my river. Dude, I was, <laughs> I, Our I, river. Had, I had never fished your river and I was, I was super stoked to do so. Uh, we had to meet a little later in the day because I had dad duties to do in the morning. But uh, we got, I, we got there, what, 730? That's pretty early. I remember. I it. met up with you. We met up at that. Yeah, we met out. It was eight thirty. Don't give yourself that much credit. Eight thirty. Eight thirty. That sounds okay too. Uh, and and it was awesome. It was well. We didn't really catch a lot of fish, but it was the shopping cart, right? That that's what did it for you. I I got to see wildfire. Nice waterfire. Waterfire. Yeah. I got to see the the apparatus of waterfire. Sure. And I got to see the lower stretch of that float, and it is beautiful. Yeah, I, there's some nice I, features. In I it. really did not expect. Very under the radar. Yeah. I really didn't expect it because it has a reputation, right? It uh, was the shopping cart. But I got to tell you, there's of so being very dirty. Yeah, but there's so much fishy water. Holy cow. There's a lot of water with a little bit of fish. Yeah, and we <laughs> we went for musky and we moved carry the zero musky that day. We we heard a guy uh, miss one, but I mean nothing. But we had a great time, great day, a couple, couple big bass. Yeah, I yeah, have, really you, big. You bass. were throwing a popper my, all day. Yeah, Jim. I got my first popper fish, and you know I really wasn't expecting a smallmouth to eat a musky popper, but. That was the right smallmouth to eat a musky popper. That was a good chunk. And where fish. you threw it, there would have been nothing else other than a bass, and there I, really shouldn't have been a bass there whatsoever. I, I, I seen either. it. I seen it, and I was like, yeah. you know what? I was like, that's like the only little bit of timber that is in this whole yeah. little little mouth going into that stretch. I was like, the hell with it. I'm going to put it over there. I know knew it was shallow, but boom, like, he you, was right on the end of it. You threw that, and I immediately was like, okay, I kind of like that. And then, like first strip, it was like toilet bowl flush. Boom. <laughs> Like, yeah. All right, there we go. Whole popper in his mouth, yeah. whole blockhead. He swallowed a six-op blockhead the whole way down. That was a good fish. But yeah, that was really about it. I mean, we poked a couple. I got that decent one down further. Yeah, on the, but du- yeah, that the was double cool. dumbbell. Yeah, that was oh, that was an interesting. Screams at us. Were you throwing big white flies down at the uh, at all the at that spot? Yeah, down at the horseshoe. Yeah, like in the yeah. middle part where it like flares off. As soon as I threw up against, it was like boom and hammered it. And I immediately thought it was a wiper because it just took off and line started flying. And then it just stopped all of a sudden. It was and a Mark's yelling, big. get the net! Get the net! <laughs> and we're 
50 yards away. I run back. Uh, 30 feet of elevation yeah, <laughs> from they, the boat. <laughs> Jimmy ran up. By, or I, I was by the boat. Yeah, so you were I, by the I boat. I did the handoff, and then I ran down to see what it Big, beautiful smallmouth. Yeah, probably 17 and a half. Yeah. Dude, they were just, they were so thick. I mean, oh, yeah. broad, broad fish the whole day. Not many numbers. Nothing but up, nothing anything in the top. pockets? No. One. Uh-huh. I got one, maybe 13, 14. Okay. That's in, that was it. My favorite part of the whole float <laughs> was. They've moved fi- out of there. I fished the hell out of that po- those pockets, too. Yeah, they're, they've moved on. It's my f- that time of the year. They're starting to shift. My favorite part of the whole float was walking Mark down with the raft along the backside of the rollover and having the ass end of the raft swing oh, yeah. towards those falls and he, his eyes getting this big. Just so <laughs> I'm, this like, asshole. I'm like, I got you. You're not going over yeah, the but, falls. He lets go and literally like the whole rack at that point is like swinging over the back end of it and I'm like, Jimmy! <laughs> like, I got you. Go now! I ain't gonna let you and go Mark, over the falls. Mark tells me, he's like, oh, just stay down here. We'll come get you. So I'm watching this <laughs> this cluster F happen up above me, and I'm like, I really should not be here. I should be up there <laughs> helping them. No, it it's wasn't not too that bad. bad no, it but yeah, it that, puckered but, me up a but, little yeah, bit. Just, from, just, crap, from me just, watching and your eyes getting going from <laughs> normal mark eyes to not normal mark eyes. <laughs> so how about Thursday night? I went down through there a little bit differently. We kind of like went through the center and was like hopping and just pushing it. And then I ended up hitting the bottom at like mock speed. I was like <laughs> I jumped in, and then like I ended up and like jacks the whole boat around, spins me in a three sixty. That wasn't the best idea. That's either. one way to do it. <laughs> I went humming into it. I was so jealous of you guys. Oh, uh, we we've staged up what? in that little. That I little wanted area. to go with you. Oh, Thursday. Yeah, because I ran shuttle for you. Yeah. Thursday afternoon, and you're like, "Yeah, we're gonna go back down." I'm like, uh, I gotta go back to work. <laughs> I took my lunch break to run to run shuttle for Mark on Thursday. And he's like, yeah, you know, Michael and I are going to go fishing. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Thanks. Keep talking about it. He's like, yeah, we're going to fish this stretch. And I'm like, yeah, I'd like to hear more. And he's like, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to go sit in my windowless hey, office. You got a sweet, you got a sweet minnow out of that. <laughs> I did. I did. It was absolutely worth it. But I was got yeah. to You got to admit, it takes some stones to ask. Be like, hey, man, I know you're at work, but you want to run shuttle for me while I'm. While I'm floating, well, he asked well, me. I to, try to line it yeah, up before he goes to work, yeah, but he, when uh, he can't, then I yeah. He asked me to run shuttle in the morning, and I'm like, oh, I got kids to drop off, and he's like, well, let's do it in the afternoon. I'm like, I can do that. Like that's the one of the big advantages of working for yourself is, I'm I just schedule myself out of the office, and we know how long that flow takes, and mm-hmm. yeah, a little was, bit of a window once we get there. Yeah, it was perfect. Oh, I always I asked. I've asked Jace on multiple occasions, well, well, well I got to pick your boat up, but I'm not fishing with you. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, I got a couple other guys are fishing with me, but you can help me by picking the boat up at the bottom, <laughs> running it up to the other truck. He and he has very yeah. nicely of him, but he's what what I should time. do next time is just bring my trailer. Uh, I've got a and leave it at the bottom. Well, no, I've got an eight by twelve trailer. I might as well just throw the boat on the trailer. Pick you and whoever else up, and we just roll up. That way, you don't have to. That's what I'll do from here on out. I mean, the trailer works just fine. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, and it's—I mean—it's just a utility trailer, you know, yeah, eight by twelve utility trailer. But if it fits in the bed of your truck, I'm pretty sure it's oh, going to fit be, the yeah. utility trailer. It'll be just fine there. Yeah. So that's what I'll do from here on out. 
in the afternoon. In the morning, I know it doesn't matter because I'm just running you. Yeah, I already have the truck down there then. Yeah. You uh, you looking forward to getting back on the old uh, the dirty dirty here soon? I can't wait, dude. Heck yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to fall. I I really think I'm gonna try to catch a muskie out of there. Got to do it, man. This fall, I think I think it just I I just want it one one fi- one muskie out of there, and that's it. Just because it's you know something some a piece of water that I'm on all the time, and I love it. I want to catch one out of there. I've hooked a couple. I just suck at strip setting apparently. I strips it like a bitch, apparently. Well, so. Mark let me row for about <laughs> 20 minutes, and uh, the wind picked up, and we're getting blown in. I'm trying to, I'm trying to row us out, and Mark's like, "All right, I'll go back to row it." <laughs> and he was trying to be nice, which I appreciated, but I was like, "I'm failing here." And Mark's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm good with casting. I'll yeah. just, I'll just go back to rowing." And what? he was very nice about well, it, but I thir- I knew what was up. Thursday <laughs> night, I kept giving Michael the nudge. I was like, all right, do this. Michael, Michael, finally, I was like, I haven't left this same spot for the last five <laughs> minutes. Oh, let me do this. I'm like, no, because you do this, and then you end up right back here. I was like, we've sat on top of this spot. I can't cast anywhere. I was like, just move. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to anchor. Yeah, I was I was moving us down, but the wind was blowing me into shore, so I'm trying to row us out. And I was very fortunate that Jimmy wasn't fishing, so I could let I could let the back of the boat drift in and keep you a reasonable o- amount away off the shore. <laughs> but the, how about but whenever you take over, Jimmy takes over, and I haven't casted this new line yet. <laughs> so I let the first one go. Yeah, and it's right just, out of the gate. And it's just a missile, and it goes right over top of this limb and gets hung. I'm like, great, first cast. So we go in, get it out. He rows back out to the center. And don't I take the next one and send this dart? You know how, like, the bottom of the trees, the root system plants out? Horrible root ball. like 65 foot straight through yeah. a hole in a root hole, ball baby. up underneath the bank. <laughs> it just buries it. I mean, it's like six inches. Yeah, like, my bullseye. rod tips the whole way up underneath trying to get it out from oh, underneath the to, bank. And you're trying to poke it with a rod? Yeah. yeah and it's, so, in the, uh, it's an undercut bank, and the, and the root ball is undercut. Yeah, and, and there's one hole. And I sent it straight about, in it. About <laughs> two inches wide. And Mark's like, that is where I want to put this fly. <laughs> so first two casts, <laughs> stuck a moat. I'm like, this is not off to a good start at all. Hell of a warm-up for me on but yours. I tell you what, that you did well. line was a... Uh, it, it's, it, that not line is named accordingly. It is called a cannon, and it is an absolute cannon. I like That it, thing though. throws bulkheads like a deceiver. I mean, it is ridiculous. Yeah, that, yeah. Line, that line was really nice. I don't know when that's coming out soon. But keep an eye for it when it does. The second, if I can get one Ooh. by the beast, I want one for the beast. That thing throws blockheads like because you know those guys are coming down with them. I hope they are. Oh yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, that was a four fifty on a ten weight, and it was just oh, it, dude, it, it, it was it, the it, it was the best setup I've yet to throw single poppers with. Yeah, it was it was effortless. Hey, if they're not out yet, and you want to bring me a five hundred, <laughs> uh, I'd take one. I'll, yeah. even, I'll even give you money for it and whiskey. Yeah. We need some things. The, inter, the intermediate's <coughs> nice too. We messed with it a bit, but they I got really a, they like got a new that. Tropic series I coming really out. I really like that intermediate. And the uh, the full sinks. What I've been running on the two hander. And these are Cortland lines. Yeah, I've been running the six hundred. It's a thirty foot eight eight and a half per second something like that head, and it is fishing. Oh, it's just I like fishing extremely heavy because I mean I'm working. I try to work to fly hard, so right. I'm I'm really picking line up pretty quick, but I'm not moving it extremely fast. So I like that heavy sink line. And, whew, 
I would, fish is great. I would love to see a triple density from those guys. I don't know. I mean, uh, the way I, the way I fish a fly, yeah, I you fish a lot slower. I really like that triple density, so I know that the belt, the front belly of my line is not getting wrapped around a rock. Cut, cut the line down. Or a tree as it's coming Cut in. five feet, cut six feet off, cut a few feet off and start there and work it back a little bit. Yeah, and and a year ago that would have intimidated me. But now that I'm doing the, I'm cutting the loops off mm-hmm. and I'm doing the Snell knot to, uh, to the Fluoro, it's awesome. Awesome. I did that with that bass line because we ruined, I, I, I ruined it out here in your backyard casting. The worst case is we can tie a new loop on mm-hmm. it and couple minutes they're nice and easy yeah but that's that's snell to the fluorocarbon it's so fluid you're not losing any any action on the line and you're actually reducing the amount of feedback when you're casting so i'm all for it as as i start to look at my lines and so that that eight weight or that seven weight bass line was really easy to line up to to find the fluoro that bends you know the exact same as the end of that line. I'm I'm looking forward to checking my twelve weights to see what's going to line up with it, whether it's a thirty-five or a forty or a fifty. Because mm. it's and going to be a bit. It does help you turn over flies. It really does. Uh, uh, that, and having that taper. And, and no offense to anybody out there that produces lines. We're going to get into this in just a second. So I tr- the, the the leader part of it all. I trust my knots. More than I trust your welded loops. Not because no, the weld is going to break, but because I have, I have seen that line-to-line connection fail. That loop-to-loop connection fail. Well, that would be the not. That would not, be, yeah. not the weld, but I have seen fluorocarbon or mono eat through that that. The end of that loop. Oh, well, sure. That's just yeah, that happens. Yeah, I mean that's oh, absolutely. User error more than anything. Oh, yes. Because I'm, you're I'm running. I'm not blaming sit- anybody but me. Yeah, I mean if <laughs> if you have 50 pound on there and you're running 15 and you catch a fish that's 40 pound and he's stretching the crap out, of that, yeah, it's going to cut through it. I mean that's just common sense. Yeah. If you've got 30 or 40 or something, it's going to ma- land up closer to the diameter. I mean it can't do that, but you can. I mean you're not going to get one of them. Short of the actual weld, and the weld will fail, 100% will fail. I've seen them split right off them. That's why now when mm-hmm. I get them, I cut them right off, I make my own. And I just, I use 200 GSP, but I make a couple yeah. wraps and then hold it and pull as tight as I can. So you you loop the fly line around, use your 200 GSP, finish it down, and then UV it, right? Glue, then UV, yeah. So what I, what I do is I tie a snell knot with four feet, three or four, depending on what I'm fishing for, right? Like musky, I would tie three or four feet of 40 or 50 pound, snell that to the fly line, and then have my loop at the end of that. No shit. Yeah. Using a snell knot to the fly line. Yep. Huh. How do you... So, so are you using your, just going, are you going like straight like a nail knot, or are you going like with to a loop with the snell knot? Uh, so... I have, I have, so a couple. Just, yeah, that's where I'm curious as to how when you get a big fish to the side of the boat, this isn't going to pull. So I cut, I cut the loop off, and then I snell, I, I tie my snell knot, and I've got four feet sticking out the other end. Tie my snell knot, and I use like a, usually a toothpick or whatever I have. 
handy to feed that back through. And then I crank it down. And then when you really crank that down, it actually rotates that fly line, the, the, the butt section of that fly line a little bit. And you can see it become almost, I don't want to say welded because that's not the right word. When two become one. When two become... <laughs> I hate you I don't so know. I'm very I leery. I so much, Jay. <laughs> I'm very leery of this. More than. It's... I've had it work mm-hmm. on bonefish, on redfish. It has never failed. Huh. It, mm-hmm. it literally intertwines itself. And you'll see, you'll see that the, the tail end of the fly line actually spin and, and kind of like pig out. And you'll cut it there, and you'll cut them super close, and then I, I super glue them, and then I UV resin them again, and that's that's my that's my butt section, uh, and then for musky leaders, I don't even tie a loop; I just go to my my swivel, and then my wire. Do you use a tapered leader when you do when you do stripers mm-hmm. up in the ocean? Yeah, no. we're, we can get into it now and talk some leaders yeah, and I mean, stuff. I think I mean, either or. No. I mean, we can, we'll go back to our fishing in, in just a second. That's fine since we're already into it. But no, go, I want to, like, do you, I like for any fish, that like a hybrid, I don't want any, I want straight, one one line, to, like 30, 20 pounds, you know, whatever it be. You know, just, I don't want any extra knots or any weak spots or things like that because I feel like those, even using a tapered leader for a fish like that, boy, you're just putting you're just there's more variables that can mess up and you can lose a fish that way. And I do for stripers, I'll cut the loop off, I'll tie my snell knot, and that's usually thirty pound. And then uh I'll I'll tie a non slip mono loop at the end, and then on my leader, um uh, usually twenty pound, uh, I'll tie another non slip mono mono loop to loop and then Depending on water, like if I'm blind casting, I'm only running like a six foot leader. But if we're sight fishing, I'm going to have a nine foot leader. So I'll have like six feet of 20 pounds sticking out. Tied to that 30. Tied to the 30. Tapered down. Yeah. But that, it doesn't matter the weight of the line. It matters the thickness and how well that butt section that I'm snelling to the fly line moves with the fly line it's just because it's extending your fly line at that point exactly i don't want any i don't want any interruption in that transfer of energy right and the loop is an interruption in the transfer of energy so when i tie that snell on if i can if i can just step down a little bit from the fly line to that that butt section that's what i want because i'm not stopping any of that energy from the cast that energy is going to stop on the loop-to-loop connection, which is fine because it's already... You're overthinking that a lot. It's already when moving. You, well, when you get into like even... Probably. Well, mm-hmm. when you get into a lot of even like trout fishing and these other things, that tapered leader is very important. Everything's tapered from your arm all the way down to the end of the leader. Yep. It's all very important on how you're going to be able to turn over a small fly like that. You know, and you're, you're kind of taking that idea into what you're doing a little bit, it seems like. A, a little bit, but it's not... Hmm. And it's not it's even the idea of the tapering. I yeah, I usually won't taper shit. No, because and, that's and still I, that's not really streamers. a taper. That's your butt section at that point. That's not a taper. I mean, that's right. And if it and a, if it tapers because it blends well, like ideally, I want it to move like a snake. Like when I when I take 
from the end of my fly line. So if I t- if I grab six inches from the end of my fly line and six inches into my butt section, I want it to flow naturally, right? Like I don't want to see any bend from that from the welded loop or from the smell the snell not smell not from the snell not at all. I want it to flow perfectly. So when I cast, that energy that loop continues through into the butt section. And the, and the biggest point of resistance is going to be the loop-to-loop connection that I tie on there. And if I wasn't so lazy, I would tie like a double uni to do my connection. But I end up changing tippets so often, I just do a loop-to-loop. Because that lasts three, four feet. I, I'm not chucking size 20 dry flies, right? Like I'm, I'm throwing meat. So it's going to fly anyway. Sure. But that's how that's how I get rid of my welded loops. Jimmy, mm. let's jump back into a little bit of fishing just for a second. Mark, you could go with some leaders right after this. Oh, I don't care. Okay. I think you're overthinking that. I don't, I don't think you're wrong. Because, I mean, you could take that and give me one, and another one I'm going to cast both on my identical. Absol- absolutely. Uh, again, I'm I'm a nerd. <laughs> So so maybe I'm over nerding it. If it makes you feel more comfortable with what you're doing, hey, do it. But I don't worry about that loop failing, that welded loop. Like in the yeah. end, that's that's my main goal is I don't worry about that welded loop failing because I cut it off. And if it yeah. fails, it's my fault. Not SA, not uh Cortland, not Rio. That's on me. And I will be I will swear off a line. If I miss a trophy fish because their their weld fails, I've never. I don't think <laughs> I've really had one fail. I mean, I, I guess once after you beat the heck out of a line too, sometimes the thicker spot at the top of that weld oh, yeah, will through. get a little yeah. oh yeah beat up, and you could cut it off right there as well, and just do what you would do. Or yeah, I like a yep. nail knot, and you and you'll see it. You'll see it fail when you do enough loop to loop connections. That loop when you fight enough fish. That loop is, especially if you're using fluorocarbon, it's going to stretch and it's going to trap that the fly line, and it's eventually going to wear through that loop. It was especially evident in those VersaTip lines from Rio back in the in the 2000s. They would burn through the loops. We always ended up uh, even taking them off and using when we were steelhead fishing the uh, the slip-on. And yeah, you, you, yeah. Know, you put it up to a light bulb and you, you know, the thing, you know, <laughs> the heat, the yeah, heat, heat shrink, heat shrink it on there. We used to use a lot of those back, back in the Chinese day. I don't really finger like, deals. I don't really, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I don't really Chinese like them as much trap. now no. as I did when I was younger doing that kind of fishing. It was fine, but uh, I'll just run a nail knot or whatever I can right to the fly line to a, like you said, a, a heavier leader. But I want to hear Jimmy did something big. We gotta I talk did. about this. He, he he got it. He got something off the list of things you'd like to do. You put a muskie in your boat. I Tell us a, about it, man. I put a muskie in my boat. So I guess give you the I'll give you the the long story on the on the whole boat situation. I had some titling issues going on with the boat, so I haven't been able to to take it out as much. But that's all since been resolved, and we had a little bit of cold temps come in, and. I reached out to Mark. I was like, Mark, what are you doing? Or you re- actually, no, you messaged me and asked me what I was doing the following day. And I was like, I don't know. I really want to fish. And he's like, I got to tie. I got stuff I got to do. Got orders. Got to complete. So I was like, all right, well, I got to get my boat out. I want to run it. So 
that was the game plan. I got a, met up with my buddy Tom, and uh, we hit a local local lake in my home state. You know, going over to Ohio, been Ugh. fishing Pennsylvania for. Some, I know, I feel it too. I live there. <laughs> Listen, I live there, and I'm like, ew. Every time I'm over here, I'm like, ew. I don't want to be here. But that particular lake being as close as it is to my house, I mean, it, it was no worries for me to go up there and run it again. So, got my boat out nice and early, hit it right out the gate, followed the majors and everything, and the weather was perfect for it. I moved a fish within, like, the first 20 minutes, but we were, like, kind of at the back end of the lake where the wind was pushing a little bit because we started at the bottom and we're going to work our way up. And it was really, like, chalky because of the mud line that was coming down through it. So, I did move a fish out of the weeds whenever we were going up through there, and fish came out chased it back like you know six seven feet and i buried the rod right at the boat and uh, never seen the fish again so kept going and kept moving on and then right before lunch i uh i threw i was casting a weed edge when we got into a little bay that was kind of like sheltered from the wind because we had some pretty bad wind they said 10 mile an hour i'm telling you i bet you every bit of 15 to 16s but uh i put one in the boat nice Smoked a uh, a double Buford, solid white with a white Paccarini tail, and I mean he just smoked it. I mean six six feet off of the weed line, and he just came up and he torched it. Complete T bone hit. Awesome. A lot of weeds nice. out there. Oh yeah, you ton of weeds. Tons. Right. Ton of weeds it's everywhere this year. Yeah, the river is full of weeds. I was really surprised at how low Bad. that lake was. I mean, you pr- we probably had, I bet you, four and a half pylons from where the, the dock, like the individual segments of the dock where the free-floating dock starts. I bet you there was four and a half of them out of the water going down the boat ramp. Wow. Really low water. But and then uh, my buddy Tom, he throws gear. He's not into the fly fly game. He says, you know, he's shoulder issues, whatever it is. Yeah, badge of silk here or anything. But um, he moved a giant fish probably 10 minutes after I caught mine. And all I, I'm stripping my stripping my fly back. I'm, I'm fishing off the back of the boat just so I can watch, you know, the depth finder and everything just to keep control of everything. I had him up front. So I'm in the back with the remote just, you know, making little small adjustments in the wind and everything. And all I hear out of nowhere is just, oh. <laughs> I turn my head and I look over. And I see this fish turn off from the boat, five feet from the boat, six feet at the most. And I, as he's turning off, I'm watching my buddy's blade bait fall through the water column. He got so excited at looking at this. Like he just he's, froze. He like seeing a unicorn. He Locked just got right deer up. in the headlights, and he quit moving that bait, and that fish just gave him the finger and swam off. But that was a big fish. If I was... From what I, all right, I'd seen the whole length of the fish, but I was at the back of the boat. So this fish is at a, like a 45 degree angle to me. And whenever he turned off and went down, this fish was as thick as my thigh. That was a big fish. I mean, I'm probably going to venture to say that fish was probably pushing 47, maybe 48, but I know that was probably a 47 inch fish at least. It was big. Nice. <laughs> Got him hooked. How big was yours? Eh, maybe 30. I didn't even bump it. It was right. a tiddler. Skis but, a know, ski. A ski's a ski. <laughs> Stretching on that yeah, one. <laughs> that's why I was, yeah, I gave a little arm reach on that one. <laughs> but uh, Congrats, dude. Yeah, Mark commented on there. He's like, oh, nice tiddler. And you know what? Actually, as I landed that fish, I was like, oh, that's not a bad tiddler. And my buddy looks at me and goes, what the fuck is a tiddler? 
<laughs> the tiddler. Got to be there. Yeah. Well, congrats, dude. That's awesome. Got to baptize my boat. I fished the beast last year being a musky virgin. And now I got four fish under my belt. And I had to baptize my boat before we put it back in the beast. So it's got musky slime on it now. Good. Good. I'm glad. It's got Ohio slime, though. Yeah. Oh, I know. You're, it's going to sink. You put the malooch. <laughs> it's the same as a banana. Yeah. <laughs> An Ohio no. tiddler. Yeah, he's got a An Ohio whole batch. Tiddler. Whole batch of bananas in there now. That was a good one. Good job. Yeah, well done. Yeah, I was, a, I was happy for the day. It's always intimidating going to a new lake. Have you fished there before? I mean, I've fished <coughs> it a couple times, but every time I've been on it, it's just been horrible conditions. I never had a day where like I can go in and be like, okay, I have a plan. But every time that I've been there leading up to that trip, I mean, I put a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here. I knew where these weed edges are. I know where a little bit of structure is going up here and here. And I just tried to put it all together, and it, it worked out. Amen. That's awesome, called angling. awesome. Huh? That's called angling. I know, baby. I'm an angler. <laughs> I'm angling out I'm here. an angler, baby. <laughs> oh, also, too, uh, sold center pins. Nice. Oh, buddy. oh, my man. Not only did he buy one of them off me, he bought both of them. Awesome. So you're you're one of us. One of us. One of but us. But here's the thing. That's one like, of us. That's like, all right, I, I quit heroin, so I'm going to sell this. <laughs> set up for smoking crack to my friend you just led your friend down the wrong path center no no i like i like the fly life better than the center pinning i understand your analogy now mm, you don't know talk I mean? to him anymore i'm just saying you yeah. you just sent you know, your friend down a terrible you should have sold it to a complete stranger i don't care he can come back to me whenever he picks up fly fishing i'll sell him more stuff i don't care yeah, I got a Jimmy's couple learning. i got a couple of behemoths i'm gonna i'm gonna put on the market here in the next couple of weeks I'm so, done buying stuff. <laughs> I bought too much no, stuff I'm this no, year. I mean, I'm selling the behemoths, for the record. <laughs> there you go. That's what they all say. That's how it starts. Yeah, it really is. But I've been a gear junkie for far too long of my life. Yeah, I sold a bunch of cat rods off, and now all those. I'm, I'm cleaning it up. Nicely done. Do you want to go into some leader setups, how you do yours for the muskie and whatever else, even when you're doing bass? Um, I mean, I just, I pretty, you know, I guess I have a few different ones. I, um, for the most part, I just run straight 40, 30, like three foot, 40 to 50 pound wire, but I'll run floor over mono, kind of mainly, mainly mono floor if I want to just get deep and hold deep. And then if I'm going to like bigger stuff into like six, 700 grain or a stiffer rod, I'd like to go up like a 65 or even an 80, depending on what I'm doing and run like a little bit of a heavier wire, maybe like a 65-pound wire, and I'll run sometimes do a swivel. So it kind of, yeah, I mean, it depends. Certain flies, if there's a lot of erratic action, I'll run a swivel in the middle to kind of keep them from spinning. Or if I'm looking to add a little bit of extra weight to it, I'll add them. But it's kind of depending on size of the fly and rod that I'm using. If I go to a stiffer rod, I go up with the leader a little bit more too. 50. You, you run a break point? Mm, if I'm waiting, I'll try to, but... Now that they went to 50-pound core with 40, I should be okay. So as long as I'm running a 50 core, I still should be able to break the 40 nylon. Right. Yeah, and I run uh, – Mark, Mark and I's leader setups are very the same. I just switched to the same uh, fast statue you use. Yeah, number threes. 
Yeah, the number the three. Well, yeah. I, I was using the... Stay locks. The stay locks. Man, you can't get them in three quarters of the eyes of the hooks. Yeah, it's a pain in the butt. And they work. And I and I like knowing that it has that ex, that secondary latch, right? But I can't get them in three quarters of the hooks. And it takes me three times the time that it takes you to change flies. But I always, unless I'm running, uh, unless I'm stripping poppers, I always run a Spro's 75-pound barrel swivel between my butt section and my wire. So I I tie from my butt section, we just talked about how I do my butt sections, to I do a clinch knot to my swivel, and then a clinch knot to my wire, and then a clinch knot to my fast etch. And that's that. Yeah, you I just do it. Well, I said I just do double overhand knot. Because then once I UV over them, I get bigger guides on the rod, so they slide through. And there's zero possibility whatsoever you can break that knot. None. Is it bulky? Absolutely. Just like anything. When I run swivels, I run 250. Everything I do is, like, way overkill, but there's no shot it's going to. I just make sure that it's guaranteed. Fail-proof. It's fail-proof, yeah. Yeah, I've never had I mean, it's it's not the, sli- the sli- <coughs> like sleekest system to go through. It's that's like kind of like why I had Tommy upgrade the eyes on mine to give me a little bit more room because some of the knots, like when you get to 50 pound, 40, it's usually fine. I don't have an issue. I can go yeah, right through at 40 fine. unless you're coming in at a weird angle with the wind that might want to like catch up at the tip. But if you get up into 50 and a little bit bigger, it's starting to get to be a pain to get them through. So, I mean, it's yeah, again, it's not the slimmest setup. You can go with a slimmer one, but I've I've put every ounce of my weight into pulling on them to get them to break, and you can't get them to break. And and the trick I find with those those bigger knots is when you do your UV, teardrop it. Yeah, teardrop it. Mm-hmm. Ramp up to that knot. Yeah, so hundred percent. So it's got a ramp coming through the guides and on the backside of the guide. So when you're yep. going to cast out, it's got a ramp leading from from and to the knot. And with typically your, with, with leader UV. that short, I mean you're you're already out. Like once you yeah. figure it, you let it go, you're going through. But as long as yeah, you can get it through there, that setup's good. But be cognitive, it's gonna be bigger. It's not like a perfection loop or anything like that where it's gonna be a small, nice and tidy one, but it's you're not gonna it's not gonna you anybody if you don't know how to, if you're not good at knots, I mean it's it's super it, easy. Yeah, to it's make. simple to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super and easy. and the clinch knot is but then I run uh, the non-slip Apollo loop knot to everything yeah, else. Yeah, good old repellent loop knots. Yeah, that's my favorite. I run that on everything. That I run that right to my fast etch, um, swivel. So I run the standard, you know, loop the loop from my butt to my wire, but then I run the Rapala loop knot to my fast etch. So there's even more movement in all of that. Yeah, and I don't know the intricacies, uh, the difference between the non-slip mono and the Rapala loop knot, but I'm... I've seen them both tied, and they're pretty much the same. Yeah, I think the Rapala's got a half hitch like a f- that goes over top of it afterwards, after the fact. Yep. Okay. That's what I use as well. Rake yep. of flies. Yeah. I mean, you make, make a hole through, then, you know, loop through the eye, then back through the hole, tie it over top, and cinch it down. Yeah, I use the non-slip mono for everything I'm not going to epoxy, because I, I want it to be tight when I epoxy it on a musky line. Uh, and I just I just tie a clinch knot, and I've never had one, especially on wire, right? Like once you get those last couple clicks in of that wire coming through, it's not coming undone. 
No. I think too once you once you're stepping up to you know larger line sizes like that. I mean, once you're tying a, a knot like that, you don't really have to worry about that pulling on your breaking or anything. Yeah, because you're going to spend the extra effort. I mean, you're going to spend that time once you time that once you tie that knot. You're going to test it yourself. You're going to crank everything down. Mm-hmm. You're going to pull on your tag ends. You're going to pull on. Sometimes you do. Lines. Sometimes you don't. And when you don't, I know what happens to me. You lose fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm, I I remember one day I lost three hybrids within. I mean, it was had to be 15 minutes because of just failed things that I was, did. I didn't read tie a new leader or a leader on before I went down. So I've been running it for God knows how long. You know, probably a few float trips. I I you know you, they just get nicked up. Things happen. There's a million wind knots. You know, or casting knots as I call them. You know, and you're and I, you know just things like that. You should always. It th- takes two seconds to tie a nice leader on and tie a nice new setup, and and it can be important. You, you can know? lose the fish of a lifetime it on can, that one go. Yep, you can. Yeah, don't let weak spots. You know, like again, it takes two seconds. You know, probably the fish would have reacted the same exact way if you just waited a couple more minutes. Or like myself, right after that, I tied a bad knot, lost another fly, boom, gone. Like because it was my knot, the my Rapala knot, I tied it bad. I just messed up. I was I lost that fish at first, so I just ran over to the bank, uh, retied real fast. You know what I mean? Did something stupid. Boom! There, I lost another fish. Now I'm crying. My dad's laughing at me. He's already got two. <laughs> I'm like, uh, no. he's, he's definitely laughing his ass off at me. Uh, Finally, ri- later. Good old river taxes. You know, just take your time. Do what you got to do. Make them all right. And and one of the things you can really do anywhere. Uh, I mean, there, there's two things you should practice doing as a fly fisherman. Uh, and that's practice casting and practice your knots. Like, I, I take a dead fly line with me to work, and I practice my knots, and I, you know, if I've got 20 minutes to kill, I'll go online and I'll, I'll learn a new knot. And Definitely practice casting, though. Yeah, casting practice number one. casting. But but knots. If you're not confident with your knots, spend some time tying them. Take an take an old fly line because it's super easy to see what you're doing and manipulate it and practice tying knots. I got a quick uh, fishing story. I went out uh, with Devin and Tim. Uh, Devin was leaving town. He was going to Kentucky, back to Kentucky. Uh, he was in town for a wedding shower that he wasn't invited to, being a guy. So. Said, hey, Jay, I'll be in town. Would you like to fish? Next time I'll be in town will probably be the, when we're in on the Niagara. So I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Um, it's only Devin's second time actually being in a drift boat or a raft, so that style of fishing, uh, and trying to hit the banks. And, you know, just even at first with even smallmouth rods, whatever you're using, it can be it can be different. You're not we're used to being you're used to casting from the bank or used to you know wading in the river and angles that way, and you know just Tim saw a nice fish right off the bat. It swiped, missed the fly or whatever happened. You know what I mean happened. Um, lost the fish, and uh, but we we only saw a few few uh, smaller bass. Didn't see a lot of bass. A uh, couple of thirteen fourteens. Probably only nine, ten fish. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was a little slow. What day was this? Oh, this would have been uh, <laughs> uh, like 
two weeks ago Saturday. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah. it wasn't super hot then. No. Uh, it, was, it wasn't a bad day to be out. The one thing that we did do that was an awesome, awesome time is we got down through all the water fire. And, water uh, fire. Those carp down there are hot right now. They are hyped. They know what's happening. People have been feeding the crap out of them with bread. So... <laughs> In this scent, you could... They're turning the spillway. It, it, it <laughs> is, basically. So you could just flop any fly right out there. I've talked about it before on here, so I'm, I'm still using the same same pink bulkhead, pink and white. Doesn't Tim slap it out there, and this thing just comes up, sucks it up. This fish takes off. It was a big one, too. It was a good-sized fish. It was probably 15, I'd say. Nice. So it takes off into the weeds, and I say, hey, just hold the rod. Instead of you yanking on it, Hold the rod and I'll row us out. So we pull it slowly out of the you know out of the weeds and you're not yanking it out and losing the fish. So I pull this fish out. Once we get it out, it goes in, in a great direction. I kind of spin the boat around and I'm like, Devin, put your fly over there right now. Devin puts his fly over there and boom, now we have two of them on. So now we have two carp on the on the fly on the boat all at once with all that water fire shit down there. Awesome. What a, what a, what a shit show. It's Every, a minefield. Oh, everybody at Donna's diner is just, my boat smashing into the water fire stuff. <laughs> and, uh, it was just, it was so much fun though. Like to see those two guys having a good time like that. I, it, it was, they were, those fish were all over the place. I'm chasing two fish around going opposite ways. And I figured if we got them both in the one at the same time, it'd be even better. Then they turned a the cold shoulder to me. I was like, my turn. Nope. 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 Thank you. Nope. But <laughs> she gone. Now you yeah, got them was, both in the net, right? Yeah, both in one net. My net was screaming oh, for that. dear yeah. life. <laughs> I hate gravity. <laughs> and it's nice not having to go down through there. And like years past, we've changed flies, but it's nice not go because ha- there's a couple there's a couple nice bass spots right down through by them too. And it's nice not having to change the fly. You know, just slap that big ass thing over there. He's gonna come up and suck it off the top. And you and and every every time it happens, people are just like, "No way, that carp just did that." <laughs> you know, it, it's the, that reaction's always fun for for people to you know to that's, get. That's cool. It's in a like Jay said, it's not real fishing, but it's really fun. So I'll do it if I'm going by. But that's about yeah. That was about the highlight of that float uh, and getting to see the guys hang out. Like I said, Tim. Sat in the back of the boat for half hour and just chilled. We're not at work. We're out here for fun. Yeah, right. We're taking in moments and memories and just having some fun. Like, I mean, I wasn't in total serious mode. Devin was fish. I mean, I, we was, I was rowing, right? Uh, Devin was a little more serious than, you know, Tim. Tim likes to just take it all in and have fun. He's fun to have out there. But uh, Devin, Devin was working his ass off. Nice. Good. Rowing all kinds of different flies. Changed about... 7,000 different flies. He was in there every two seconds changing something. and That's what I mean. We tried a lot of stuff. Went through everything. Yeah, we did. He tried olive and low, and I said big, white, and flashy, because that's all I throw. Right. But Again, good time out with the guys. Can't wait to see Devin again. We had a lot of fun. Good. Anybody, yeah, anybody else did any other fishing? I got it Thursday. That was man, just... That was tough. We get, we got a pike at the end, but all in all, it was a it was a fun day. Guy learned a lot, but it was a tough day. It's hot. Um, yeah. So it what kind too. what kind of fly did you take to the dome? River pig. Ah. Oh. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It kind of like slid off the side. I was like, all right, that's enough. That's enough I, of that. I tagged myself 
uh, last Sunday. I was I was casting, and I brought in that wind picked up, and I caught myself on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And Mark's like, <laughs> Mark's rowing, and I'm in the back of the boat, and he goes, "Did it stick?" <laughs> <laughs> he knew the sound, and I was like, "I don't know. <laughs> Let's find like out." Just, when the fly doesn't make a sound, and the fly line doesn't go forward, there's one place it's going to be because the other sound is going to make is ping going off of the he, off the uh, did it rack. Did it stick? Oh. <laughs> but no, I had a, um, order, it did not, for the record. <laughs> older gentleman, and he is kind of new, to, I should say new to fly fishing, but hasn't done it in a significant amount of years. So we started him off a little slow, kind of the bass rod, and then we used a two-piece eight-weight a lot. And that kinda, that's when he ended up getting the fish at the end on. But we ended up working a lot with river pigs just to kind of get them down, kind of get that erratic action. Because the tough part is, is when you, you're not like, knowing how to fish that fly correctly, getting that fly to do anything other than come back straight. It's like trying to, it's like so many times, he's like, here, teach me. And just hand, he'd sit down and hand me the rod. It's like, I need a break. Show me what you're talking about. And then you like walk him through, like, oh, okay, I get it. And then you get it for a little bit. And then, you know, you get back into other habits. So it's kind of working and breaking. At least them. it's nice to have somebody on the boat that will say that and isn't, you know, just just wants to learn and, and wants you to show him and say hey hey I I want to I want to sh- show me what you're doing and and it's, that's that's I mean nice and and to be honest if you're gonna come out there and not know what you're doing and be stubborn about it you're not gonna catch a muskie it's just it's not gonna happen period I mean now if you can go out there and you can cast a fly around put that fly and strip it back the way you're supposed to yeah okay and that's fine but yeah, you've got to be willing to learn if you're coming out there and you know new to it it's definitely a and if it's, if it's your first trip out, you know, if you're a trout guy, right? Like, you're used to casting out, mending, and waiting, right? Like None you, of that. You're not used to, stri- you know, letting that fly hit the water, bringing the line tight immediately, and starting to strip. I mean, that guy's right? like 60-some years old. He goes, that's the most I've been humbled. And he's like, eh. He goes, that was fun. I want to try it again. I'll be back in November. So, sweet with you again. Try it again. But we finished up because that was kind of like a... Like a half, but still, I mean, half day with me. I picked them up at six and dropped them off at three. So, I mean, it's fairly full day. Uh, went back out with Michael for the evening and did the same float we did, and it was just crap. But, like you said, it was nice to, um, like, I, that's the first float I've done in the evening, and I can't tell you how long. And at one point, I kind of just stopped. I'm like, dropped anchor. He's like, what are we doing here? I'm like, enjoying this spot right here. It's like, I like this spot. Like, it's nice. And I was like, this is perfect for a minute. It was like 20 minutes before dark. And I was like, we're going to float right into the end there. I said, and then we're going to have the last spot. And I'm going to anchor up. We're just going to fish right till into dark. I'm like, I'm going to sit here for five minutes and just, it, it, you know, it's, it's nice. Awesome. Take it in. But yeah, we anchored up right at the end. Fished, we took out with headlamps on. It just, it was nothing going. I mean, we got that little cold drop, but it was just high pressure immediately right with it. And it's just them fisher they want to go but there's just nothing going with it you know it's and definitely and i know water. that doesn't make sense to me it makes sense but it's like how do you put it you have you need water you have a little bit of a change and the fish kind of want to jump on it and you got a full moon which is going to allow them fish to feed all night long and then it just goes right back to high pressure so as soon as they wanted to jump they didn't get enough we didn't get enough rain to have them go all we got was the temp to bring it down which I think set off a little bit, but not what we needed it to do. But the river was tough, though. I mean, it was not ours the other. 
just, I mean, just how the year started off, it just weed choked everything. Oh, yeah. Very, very weed choked. Mm-hmm. Made for, made it interesting. And it, it stayed dirty pretty much all year, too. <laughs> so that makes it hotter, right? So that dirt adds to the heat, adds to the heat sink, which adds to the weeds, which adds to, yeah, mm-hmm. makes it tough. But yeah, Thursday night though, we just kind of bypassed everything, went right to where we wanted to go, and just anchor. And then I, Mim and I both just sat and beat the crap out of it. I mean, we went to the one spot down at the last mouth. We started above the bridge. We beat that whole section three different times. I anchored, then set up below, then went up in, then came back out and set up again. I mean, we tried everything. Then the wind kicked up for a little bit and kind of blew us across, which is good because then we fanned the whole area around it. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. It was just, they were just locked. I don't know. We got a little window there. Probably Soon, early brother. in the day, but no. Soon, we brother. We need it's this September. cold. Well, I you just bury yourself in your in your basement for the next <sighs> five days because it's going to be ninety five degrees. So, no, I'll be there for it. five days and probably a lot longer than that. Until I, it seems like it's going to break on Friday mm-hmm. and we'll start we getting a, nice a little bit better weather. In. So, hopefully, this is the last, like you said, hoorah of hot weather. It'd be nice to I'm see. I'm kind of tired of it too. Some rain come through and at least bring us up with it. Because, I mean, we need we a hurricane, we like one of the hurricanes that'll bit. come in and it'll sit and that park over a lot us. Of, yeah, that's that helps so much. Yeah, we need that within the next two three weeks, not in a month. Yeah, yeah, not in a month. Within two or three weeks. No, yeah. we don't. We can't have Rough. it in a month because I don't want any hurricanes while I'm in Florida. No, we'll be up there in a month. No, today's what the fourth. Well, yeah, I'll be gone the week week after. Right yeah. after. Yeah, yeah. It'd be a nice, nice. Well, if month. it parks it up, if yeah, it if it's already up here, up here, you're safe. Yeah, you're oh, already yeah. done down yeah. there. That's that's, that's you're going to be on a glitter yeah. boat. You ain't going to care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I think I I. I you gonna go? F- I don't know. I'm I'm not sure yet. But fly I fly fishing we'll for the most pressured bass in the nation. Whenever you hook them, they go. Jay's wait. Like I said, Jay's gonna be waiting for his nitro, and here pulls up a sun catcher pontoon. <laughs> hey, if that's the case, we're taking five people out and the kids. Uh, hey, I'm gonna grab. A, we're gonna grab some beers. Uh, I gotta take. You know, we gotta do our little stop, and we'll uh, come back with uh, some easy, effective bass flies, and just round her up with a couple little things. Adam Ashcraft, this message is for you. White reel, black glossy, le- white. glossy, glossy, glossy white, glossy white. Glossy white reel, black lettering, gray spool, the stormtrooper. You're welcome. All right. I, I, I agree completely. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd uh, buy two or three. <laughs> <laughs> man, even, oh, man. Oh, now, now you're getting me thinking. Uh, oh, imagine how good that look on a black chippy. Dude, man. Oh. That, that, that reel would look so, I don't have, uh, everything silver or... Or, or metal, or gunmetal, or something like that. There's, there's nothing like white. I want it. Oh yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I love I like white it, flies. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be the stormtrooper. Like you could do like white with the dragon's blood lettering. You could do white with like that blue from the bonefish tarpon permit reels. Like this. Black. Call it the White Walker. Oh my God, the White Walker, Chris. Oh, I'm interested. With the blue, like the blue eyes yep. and the white and the yeah. <laughs> We're idea oh. guys over here. We're idea men. 
Yeah. Um, Put us on payroll, guys. Let us so, give you. Let us send you a, too much money. <laughs> uh, I'll do it. Uh, I know you will. <laughs> it's a problem I have. Hey, good pro- good problem to have. Um, so we wanted. Uh, I had a question from uh, Josh McCory. Uh, he asked about simple bass flies. Uh, you know, maybe a couple of things like that aren't you know game changers that aren't spinning deer hair or anything clouds or woolly bugger my go-to's would be and, and even for like a small mouth would be if you could tie like a double woolly bugger something and like don't underestimate yeah. the power of adding a bunch of rubber legs on a woolly bugger oh boy put a that's cone right. head on it yep. add a bunch of rubber legs like a tequila that's what like was like when i first yeah. started smallmouth fishing was one of the best flies i don't know why i don't even carry them now i need to tie more phenomenal fly murdich that's an easy one to tie. Murdich is not hard to tie, and you're, you'll catch fish all year round on a Murdich minnow. That's your go-to, right? Oh, I love it. It's my That's my baby for smallmouth, largemouth. Like, you're a game-changer guy. I'm a Murdich minnow guy. Yeah, I'm a Murdich more, too. But I don't fish either. I usually go D&Ds, but yeah. Yeah, but Murdich is super easy to tie. Find the flashiest shit you can. Tie it onto a hook. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty much, it's just very what's very sparse deer hair out the back. Uh, is it no, even deer you, hair at all, or is it? Uh, uh, no, ideally, you want like flashaboo out the back, like thin flashaboo, mm-hmm. so so that when well, you well, you pl- have a deer hair prop, then the flashaboo is over yeah, okay. it. So yeah, you're propping, and then it's so like a, so when it when it float, like when you stop it, which is the key to any smallmouth fly, it's still gonna flow. Like that tail's gonna the key move to that whole flow. fly. And making that fly work is the prop right after that. Yep. You put your bucktail, you put your flash on, and then you take a synthetic material, whether it be the one you're wrapping or what have you, and there's got to be a prop right there. So it doesn't and just flop down. And that's what put it, and then you wrap it. That's what essentially is your your water disturbance there because that body's the same shape going the whole way through, and then you hit that prop there, and then that's what's kicking that fly. So that's why it has such a quick snappy action because mm-hmm. that water displacement's three-quarters of the way back to fly. It's perfect way to set up. Yeah. But if you don't put that in there, things are gonna come back dead straight the whole way every single time. Yeah, and you're not no displacement. And you're not gonna get that movement from that back flash. Mm-hmm. Like the reason the fish hit that fly is when it pauses, it is still flowing. Oh, it can't it kick sideways. Yeah. And I think yeah. using that flash boot or a limp style flash is absolute key on that. You don't want to use something that's like a stiff, thick I mean you can and it's just, it's just gonna be like a stick baitish. But that I think that extra movement, like you're talking about, it does. I mean, there's something I don't know. Like anytime you have bright, blazing sun, shallow water, fish don't show themselves. And you wrap a murdage through there, and it's just like whack, 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 whack. It's like what? You, seriously? Yeah. It's amazing what they do for a murdage minnow. We owe we owe that all to Tim. The the resurgence of the Murdich minnow, Murdich. the Murdich minnow for smallmouth. What I, what you guys can all appreciate is when I butcher a word, I'll let you know by repeating it at worse than how I said it before. Hey, well, if 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 you go out and get yourself a Murdich minnow, Murdich minnow, <laughs> there it is. No, and then tying them, like you said, they're not not a lot of material, pretty easy to tie. Yep. Uh, depending on time of year, I always. Different flies work good different times of year. You know, you want to have something in your box that's going to have some weight on it, maybe some darker color for if you're for small mouthing. You know, you could crayfish hop, different things of that nature, and catch a lot of fish. Um, you know, me, I 
in a raft, I like I just rip flies and that's all I do. I'm I, I'm yeah. stubborn, and but using using brown flies this year helped me a lot. Or using colored flies that aren't just white, uh, getting them on mm-hmm. the bottom. And what Mark said, like tie a woolly bugger, put a cone head on it or put a sculpin head on it, and just a gaggle of legs, and you can't go wrong. I like the double woolly bugger. You know, get a little articulation in there, a little more movement. Oh, you can't. Yeah, you're on the bottom doing what you got to do. What do you yeah. like? What do you like, Jimmy? What are your easy flies? You got to go with the old good old flat wing deceiver, man. Just that real simple. Easy. Yeah. That ain't easy at all Not to tie. Yeah, to fish. Yes, yeah, fishing yeah. ones. The yeah. fish. Yes. Well, well, I got the easiest way to tie flies possible. I Call just give Mark, Mark money. <laughs> so yeah, it's very yeah, easy honestly, for me. Like, well, this is for a guy who wants to tie his own flies and then start trying that and, and things that he could tie that works. But honest to God, if I had to have a box of four four smallmouth flies, it would be a bugglebug, it would be a murdich minnow, it'd be a clouser. And it'd be a sculpin head leggy boy, or or a circus peanut. If I, if I can't get a hold of a sculpin head leggy boy, because it's gonna the, uh, it's gonna work the same way. What's that? Uh, the one that uh, Kelly ties, uh, peanut envy. Mm-hmm. It's basically mm-hmm. a double woolly bugger with a cone head. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. with weighted, rubber legs. Weighted yep. fly with rubber legs. Oh man, uh, you can't go wrong. And they're man. easy to cast. You throw you could throw a little longer leader. You know, with the, with a weighted fly like that on a floating line, and it can be very deadly. I had to tie three dozen little number sixes recently. Oh, is that weird? Speaking <laughs> of tying little flies. Because you're used to tying on six aught. Yeah, number six, three XLs. I was like, this is interesting. Yeah. Did a bunch of stuff like that. Coneheads, marabou, do some mix-up of some stuff. It's my goal between now and the beginning of October to take two of my own flies to the beast. And that's what I'm going to start with. You left yourself a lot of time. That's on purpose. (laughs) 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 To to tie two. There's no tying nights. You you do well under pressure, huh? Yeah. Back against the wall, that's when you perform the best. What I like to do is set expectations low and then hammer them. One tie every one fly every fifteen days, I got this. I haven't tied a fly in quite a while. Uh, I I will. I I'll tie a few in before the beast just to kind of get the blood flowing, like you were saying. I'll tie cold musky flies. Take my Allegra. And tie away. Well, one of them I want to be uh, a game changer. I've got the long shanks. And we'll see if it if it blows. Uh, I've got 13 days to tie another one <laughs> to make it work. Keep on trying. <laughs> so I'll probably tie I'll probably, more than two. What, I'll we, probably get a phone call. Mark, yeah. I'm coming down. Show me how to tie this. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, worst case scenario, Urban Flyco, what do you got, like a three-week lead time? Yeah, it's going to four. What material are you going to use on this? Is it going to be a bucktail game changer? Well, I bought that. I bought some. I, I want to tie a seven or eight-inch game changer. Uh, and I bought a bunch of the, uh, I bought black and orange um, chocolate chenille. So I'm, I'm going to use that Blaine chocolate uh, chenille for a black and orange game changer. Just tie a bigger game changer. Eight inches. I've got, I've got some, I want to say 32 millimeter shanks, some 25s and, and work their way down. And then just a little marabou tail and what the hell if it swims, awesome. It, it it'll definitely swim, but if it doesn't, 
I yeah I'll, I, I look into totally the keeling and yeah I'd keeling the because I'm gonna run it the front hook will be a, a six aught, and then I've got a four aught for the back if I put a back hook on it, but I probably should to keel it. Yeah, I'm not gonna go into detail on them. I have them at home and I have them tied from a few people that sell them and fish them and people catch fish on them. I have and two you of yours on them. and I should just fish them. My opinion is is. They're fine fly. They're just so heavy. You, they're just they're borderline. They're just it's it's ridiculous how heavy they are. Shake the water off. Okay, so you slam the rod back and forth and get all the water off of it, and it's still heavy. It's still cast. heavy. So now you're beating your arm up twice as much, getting the water off of it. They're rough. The bucktail ones, I mean, yeah, they're like a feather. Yeah, you I have, do I have of two of your I have two of your bucktail ones and I love them. I like to do more, and if I just ever got time, would be to like use that body prop, not that stuff, but more like a fluffier estaz to ball it, and then right. use something like back of the tail or crispier, you know, yeah. to build like a bulker one. But I never have time to. But yeah, you're. I don't you're, know. I mean, they, they work. They're fishy, and I've they run so that, skinny though. Remember that one that oh, I got? Oh man, the yellow one. No, 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 no. That little. Uh, Sucker color game changer that I mess around with. Yeah, I have yeah. two that orange one, not from the you. Other, yeah, but no, this one's like the actual like body wrap one. And I've moved a few fish on that one. And it's, I mean, it fishes well, but it goes in spurts. It's sitting there, and then every once in a while, I'll be like, all right, I'll take it. That's Chris one. Chris made that. The the hardest part for yeah, me so it's, is. It, I mean, it swims like unbelievable. You see it in the water, like it just, it blows you away how well it swims. They do. They're just heavy, very. Yeah. There, there's your two-hander. Yeah, it would work good on that. Yeah. And and honestly, it doesn't swim a heck of a lot different than an 8-inch single minnow of yours. And that is way easier to cast. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, think, I think the 8-inch single or even your double minnow has a fuller profile than the game changers you tied. That game changer you tied is... is is thin so that you can cast it, right? Like any thicker and without the right material, it would just be a pound and a half. Here's what I would try to try to think of how to display this properly. Use what you have, but veil it. Mm-hmm. So you cut half of it out. You know what I mean? Do a 50-50. So uh, depending on what the material is, if it's veilable, you know, where it is long enough or used the longer. And then use like a wrap underneath it, like a light one, like okay. an Estaz or that color or the um, I'm blanking right now the, the finesse shield, yeah, shield. stuff like that. The, the, no, yeah. what what's that? Uh, like a filler flash in that? No, like a talking? filler flash, but the uh, the flash wrap, the dang, and I'm blanking. Oh, uh, like a chromatic flash type deal, but it's like like Tony it's, makes it's, it. Yeah, it's, it's all flash, and you and it's on a rope, and you wrap in on. And then there's no weight to it. It's just flash. And then you put half of that on. And then you put your material on the veil. So you're cutting half of the weight out. And you're, like, veiling it over that stuff. Right, right. So it all blends together as one. But it's essentially half of the amount of material in it. And the other half of the material is weightless. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'm going to look that up. I'm going to find I out see what a, You see a lot is. of guys use, like, if you're going to do, like, a fox changer, that's how you're doing it. 
You're not. It's not all Fox. You're tying. Oh right. Yeah, you're, you're tying filler flash behind and propping a Fox or something. Yes, like that. Filler exactly. Flash. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, you but see, this like, is, uh, you know, I love the feather changers too, though. Like, uh, I think, I think, oh, like yeah. an eight-inch feather changer would cactus be reasonable. chenille. That's what I meant. Like, it. like an extra large cactus chenille that's real long because then that's like it's dense too, so you get like a lot of visibility out of it, but it's just wa- weightless. What do you think about like an eight-inch feather chenille or feather changer? No, you can try it. You gotta yeah. get some big feathers. You got some yeah, big feathers. Big ass feathers. Um, you know, I I will. I liked uh, the way Jake Vilcock always did his. I shot his a couple changers. bald eagles last week. Uh, so we should. <laughs> be good. Yeah, you're good to go. <laughs> uh, Hawk, that's Hawk American <laughs> made, if I've ever heard. Of it. I'm joking. I did not shoot any bald eagles. And this goes to like make sure some you of dye that like white a, though. You can't have it. <laughs> 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 too white. Uh, going to like a. Uh, now you guys made me lose my concentration again. You yeah, sons chocolate of bitches. filler flash is a good yeah. one. That looks yeah. a lot like what I'm talking. about. I'm trying mm-hmm. to find the exact one that I'm saying, but yeah, the filler flash is a nice one. The game changer chenille looks kind of like a thin one too. Right. Oh yeah. The uh, the uh, like when guys do um, oh like your pe- peacock. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they're they're f- like what's that? The feather changer Sh- um, that they do. Like uh, when they shelf it. Jake Vilcock does yeah. it. Yeah, like shells. Uh, yeah. But it. Um, trying to think of what they use for that um it's a um pheasant oh pheasant there yeah you go. that's yep. it's yeah you got like the whole pheasant cape that's part yeah they're really really pretty like that bluish feather yeah and they do they like shingle them on there yeah yeah it looks really cool that's tough but it looks cool and if you can do it wow i, I have can. one i have one tied like that uh that my buddy justin did did a pretty good job of it too, but you're a future teammate. Yeah, yeah. It, it's nice. a small fly. It's a you know like a bass changer, but even yet, like right. That's just that's cool stuff. If you can get into that stuff, wow. You, yeah, if I can get some feathers, I'd love to do some big, like eight nine inch feather changers. I think they'd be great. I really do. They'd be light. You know, and even for uh, for Josh, it. I I I don't know. I don't think they're that difficult to tie. Changers? No, well, no, take like a while. It's like that. Yeah, your size, a bath size changer is not difficult. And you, you get you. All you do is look at a video and look how to palmer a material. And as long as you palmer that material and keep brushing that material back as you palmer it and keep it all free and away from each other from just smashing back down over the material that's already on there. Yeah, that's gonna build you a perfect fluffy body. Now you just have to go through and. Taper it with scissors. Or or go easy mode and order those uh, no-cutting brushes from Tony Sandrone. Yeah, that's another from easier way to go about it. Nightmare musky flies. But, I mean, you're going to wait a little while to get the materials, and you'll be in next smallmouth season. But, And that's not a shot of Tony. It's just that man's a one-man sure. person, right? And yep. he, he's, he's doing a lot. But I feel that. Yeah, we, uh, so yeah, you do. <laughs> we, uh, Jim and I, we didn't even, I didn't even put this down here. I don't know how I didn't think about it, but uh, we're you're, gonna, you're we're gonna spoiled move on. now. We're That's gonna what move, it we're is. We're gonna move on from from the that uh, the fly talk. And uh, Jim and I went out catfishing uh, Saturday I, night. I got the invite, so thank, yes. thank you for the invite. I was just oh, hey, thanks too. I was just polar reflector chenille. That's what it That's is. That's it. Yeah, I use a lot of polar fiber. Oh, the polar fiber is awesome. Yeah. Polar reflector chenille. Uh, yeah, you guys sent me the invite, and I was already unable to operate a motor vehicle, so I had to decline. At least you're responsible. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a 45-minute drive for me. Oh, I'm. Yeah. 
You you wouldn't have wanted to do that. Oh man. Yeah, it's a nice fish. Crap, Saturday night, I was asleep by 9.15. I was, too. They texted me at, like, 2 or 3. And I, my buddy had us over to his pool, and he's like, hey, I got the stuff for your your favorite bourbon drink. And I was like, well, how many people are coming? He's like, 3 or 4. And I was like, awesome. So I made a whole a whole thing of it. And then he, so you 20, drank the whole thing of it. 20 minutes later, he's like, yeah, they all canceled. I'm like, well, let's do this. We're men. I get I get this <laughs> I get this blurred text back. It said, "I'm already drunk, but you spelled drunk wrong," and then you recorrected it with the drunk spelled right. So I was like, "Oh well, he must be drunk, drink yeah. drunk or whatever he is." Drizzlezunk uh, asterisk yeah. drunk. Yeah. So we went out. Uh, I knew you would understand. Jimmy's Jimmy's uh, other friend came out with us and with his family, with his wife and his. Son. Yeah, oh, cool. man. He uh he told me he was gonna bring his boy with him and. I mean, here's the thing. His kid's like three or four. Yeah, just going to be four, in a, like he said, in a couple weeks. And, 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 fishing I, and, and like I, midnight fishing? And I asked him. I was like, dude, are you, I was like, are you sure you want to bring your kid? And like, I'm, I like, I leveled with him. I was like, dude, I was like, this isn't, okay, like, you you're going to be sucking me. wind doing this he, walk. This, this guy is, um, he is a man of your size and stature. I like him. He was sweating. He lost seven pounds like he did sweating on <laughs> that walk back there. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> he was like, God damn it, Jimmy, when we got no. back there. And he, but he hoofed it out, man. Yeah, even before we started the walk, because, I mean, he's notorious for having a bait bucket full of water. And I told him, like, right out the gate, I was like, did you empty the water out of that? And he goes, are we walking for it? I went, you need to empty the water out of that. <laughs> and he, he emptied it down, but... Man, that that walk sucks, but that pool is just so nice. It's so deep. I mean, that's the deepest section in that whole little stretch right there. That was the second. That was the second. I haven't had a chance to make it over there during the day. I think you should. I, I, I really want to because. But Did we float past it? No. I'm not even close. But whenever I'm sitting over there and we I'm looking. Five miles from there. Like, it just it doesn't. Even if there is somewhere, like an access point. Like on the other side of the river, it just doesn't seem like you're going to have anywhere that you're going to cast at. You, you might not. You have you so might. much <laughs> low overhanging limbs and everything off those trees. It's just I don't think it's you're going to be able to get it through there. You might what, not. What if you could park there and you could just float a, yourself in a kayak over there? I think you got way more effort in loading a kayak yeah, up in the river than you would in the walk. Yeah. Oh, that walk's not that bad. It's oh, okay. Yeah. Well, see, I mean, it I'm sucks. En- I'm envisioning like a two mile death march. No, it's it it just sucks because there's so many trees and this you have to climb over top of. You're going, oh, okay. but his son, oh being yeah, three it's or perfect four years size. Old, he can go yeah. under things. He's shooting under limbs that we're climbing <laughs> over and everything. You got to take all the gear and put it over, and he just on the other side. He see, was the least he's a trooper. Oh my gosh, dude, the least bitchy. I mean, he this kid did not whine one time. He was having fun. His he was arms sleeves all the way up in the bucket getting you the bait when you needed it. Awesome. I mean, he was all in and he was what a good we, little dude, kid, man. We walked out and I watched him like slide like 3 4 feet down the side of this sheer like hill that we're walking on and he's like, "Oh, sorry." Like he's telling us sorry for him falling 3 feet down the hill and picking himself up and climbing back up. Like he was <laughs> nice. a trooper, man. That's awesome. awesome. So it it was uh there was some uh, fish were being uh one fish was caught, but there were the lines were going out here and there. It was a little slower than last time we were up there. Mm. But I mean I got lucky enough to, you know, hey, go ahead and get this one, Jay. All right, well, I'll go Jay, real fishing. Jay caught the tarpon of flatheads. I did. It jumped twice on the way in. 
This a thing, flathead. Is, yes, crazy. S- splash, skydive. You know, I I could see it in the moonlight. Nice. <laughs> I'm like, what the? That's not a flathead. There's no. I'm like, I said channel cat. I was like, all right, that's probably a channel cat. Channel cat's more likely to come up, splash, you know, whatever. I was like, all right, we'll get her in here, and no, it ended up being a flathead. Jumped twice, and sweet. It was a good size. We said about, I don't. I would say sub twenty. I mean, I, yeah. it's probably like an eighteen, nineteen pound fish. It was a good fish. So that's a, it's a nice fish. Big enough for you to grip his whole mouth whenever you grabbed him by the face. So oh yeah, he had a giant head. Cool. You guys get channels too, or? Uh, yeah, the first time we were yeah. there, we got one. No, I mean this time. You no, that, no. no, that was there the was only a fish couple other time. baits that went out that sounded like they were gonna be fish, man. I went out. I went out previously in the week in the same spot, and I did catch two channel cats. My one channel cat I caught out of there was like probably fourteen, fifteen. I mean, it was a it was a sizable channel cat for their river. And the other one was probably like an eight nine pound fish, but that that one channel cat he. Had, he had a giant head on him. He, I mean, you pull them in, and you know when they're seven, eight feet from the bank, and you're reeling them in, you're like, "Is that flathead?" Is it? Yeah, well, right around that channel. bend in that riffle, right where that riffle goes through a smallmouth fish, and that's where I caught that big chunk on an eight pounder on a five weight. Dude, I fought him for like. Oh, that'd be fun. Oh, it was like after like ten minutes, and finally the guy was with me. Just go down below and just get him. I'm like, I can't do no more. <laughs> I was like, I brought him up this riffle twice, and he just keeps peeling me back down. Like I'm done. He's gonna break the rod. On that little pink five weight. But that was only hundred hundred yards from there. And yeah, there's just there's some big cats right there. I've caught three or four just dredging crawfish down the field. You there's a lot of good smallies there. Used to be. Oh, we did, man, we were oh, watching yeah. fish come up and because we're sitting with the lights off because I, I, I really don't like running lights anymore. Cause I feel like the fish pick up on the lights. So I instead of going with like an actual like utility lamp or a lantern or something like that, I just started using the headlamp. And that and that's plenty of it. I don't need any more light than that. His headlamp is like uh, like the KC lights on top of a uh, oh. of a Jeep, though. Seriously, like you get put in, boom. I mean, you can't see. It's like driving with uh, the guy, like your truck, when they have the uh, the real white headlights. Exactly the feeling. Thank you, Light Bar Pro. You make Thursday, a fine product. Thursday night, I was like, I told Michael, I'm like, we're gonna be going out with night. And I go, we need headlamps. I looked all over, couldn't find mine. He's like, I got an extra one for you. Over the weekend, we go to the store, and I grab one. I get out of the box. I'm like, I'm going to hang this right over here so I know I won't lose it. And I walk over to hang it there, and guess what's hanging there? (laughs) The other headlamp that I never looked in the spot that I knew I wouldn't put it to lose it in. Tim Tim Borski talked me into the Phoenix headlamp. Have you seen those Phoenix? It's a F-E-N-I-X. I got a five ninety nine special at Gabe's, and and he wore, he wore <laughs> these things for for the snake hunting, like the clip on one deal. No, it, like it was over? it was a headlamp, and it had a dial to adjust the size. Now I still have my old law enforcement headlamp, which was like two hundred lumens, and it's too much. <laughs> I mean, it probably yells "get on the ground" whenever you turn it on. <laughs> it <really does. laughs> do it and do it now. Get on the ground. Oh, that's I yell I yell that to my kids every time, and my wife's like, "You got to stop doing that." I'm like, "Why?" She's like, "It startles me." Put the badge away, Chris. <laughs> Just put it away. But that's my line to my kids: is uh, you know, I'll give them one chance to be like, "Hey, I need you to put these Legos away," and I'll give them a couple minutes, and they'll still be messing around. I'll be like, "Kids, up! Put those Legos away. Do it and do it now." And they're like, "Yes, Papa." <laughs> it's, it works. It works on kids. 
But these Phoenix headlamps are, are fantastic. You they're, just they're handcuff dimmable. them and throw them in, throw them in the closet. <laughs> they're too small for handcuffs, so I have to use zip ties. <laughs> zip ties, gotcha. Yeah. Big black ones. Uh, that's, and that's you like know what the shackles. best thing about pepper spray is? By the time CYS gets there, <laughs> it's all gone. Sheesh. <laughs> Chris, we should, we should start being quiet before we piss anybody else off. No. Uh, I've yep. never pepper sprayed my children. Uh, you're a great father. Well, yeah. hey, you use pepper you. balls instead. Yeah. I had a good time. That was a big fish. Had had a lot of fun out there. Uh, a couple other things, and we're not going to talk about them for but two seconds. Fantasy football's back. Football's back. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy. I watched so much college Finally, football. I watched, all day. Oh, I, I'm, I'm so ready for pros to start. I had a fantasy football draft while we were catfishing. Uh, I did one, and I did one uh, – Last night at Shane's house, he did brisket and ribs that were, oh my gosh, so on point. They were great. Uh, I imagine we'll I have a game on players. next week. Uh, Tim yeah, stole Burrow from game. my dad. I thought my dad was going to literally choke <laughs> Tim right there on the spot. He was pretty pissed. What round? Uh, third round. Third round quarterback. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh but boy. the quarterback, uh, usually they're four points, you know, per touchdown. This one, though. No. There, you get to six. Oh, boy. So, you know, quarterbacks are important in this one, too. Like, don't get left. Like, Mahomes had went. One for every 25 yards? Mahomes had went, and then uh, what's that? One point for every 25 yards passing? I'm not sure how it all works. I'd have to look. But uh, Mahomes went. Allen went. My dad takes DK Metcalf. And was and he was number nine, so he was waiting and getting to get Burrow on the next one around. And he should have went Burrow because Tim took him at ten. And oh, was he mad? Who got Kenny Pickett? I don't even remember. I think it was one of the well. There were a lot of Pittsburgh guys there. A couple of Pittsburgh guys. They're all Pittsburgh fans. I think they're going to be here, very so. happy with Kenny Pickett this year. <coughs> I think he's, he's going to be, be good. He's going to be good. He's solid. Be, he's not going to be. Yeah, a he's top not going to be a no. fantasy quarterback though. Oh, he'll be top five fantasy quarterback. No, what? No. You're out of your mind. Oh quarterback? No. Quarterback? Jesus, no, no way. Buckle up. No. He'll be Hold fine, on. but that offense can't produce him to be that good. I say good. 12. I say he'll end up at number 12. You got, you got, I mean, the guys already, already 12, said, 13, right? 14, yeah, maybe not outside 15. He's not top 10 by no stretch. Not yet. He may be down the road, but good God. Goff no. is going to be good. Goff is good. Barely I mean, you got to remember, the, a lot of them guys now are throwing for mid-300 almost every game over to four. He'll throw for 300 a couple games, but his offense isn't set for him to do that. Well, They're see, set to I play like, defense and run the ball. I like I like the big wide receiver they have. I picked him up in both my leagues. Yeah, I think he's going to be a stud this year. Oh, he's Pickens? Out. Yeah, Pickens? he's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Keeps his head out of his ass. Her tight end's fine. really good, too. I think Fairmouth, mm -hmm. yeah, he's real good. Oh, he's yeah. a Penn State guy. Yeah. I'm not a Penn State fan, but... Uh, go pit, but FSU and they put on a show. That game should have been fifty-six to seven. This is turning into a football podcast. So yeah, for we just said a couple minutes. I, I, I like I said, it was a fun time. I love fantasy football. I loved it. I loved it. I won last year. Uh, this year I'm going to do the same. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the season. Oh, also, hunting opened up, uh, and that's <coughs> awesome. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of a few buddies going out and getting some doves, man, going and killing some pigeons and doves and I got some having to, getting the dogs out running, which is always fun to get the dogs out running and get doing their thing before you get them chasing ducks or acting like idiots, you know, out in the geese yeah. fields. Well, ge ge goose opened up yes, September 1. I got buddies that uh, almost limited out on Friday 
and that's eight geese apiece. And there were four of those dudes. So Chad and them got a few. They didn't. They didn't uh, do as well as they wanted. But uh, you never they do did go out. I think, and uh, you know, I, I goose hunted hard for six years. I think only one day in my life that we limited out in the early season, and that was during a hurricane, because these geese were flying low and they were looking for any field that had food, and they were all coming from that lake to that field we were in. We got we got super lucky. I remember blasting a bird uh, pretty high up, and it it landed, and it, it had been raining for like a day and a half, and it hit, and it the bird bounced, but the water shot higher up off the ground <laughs> than the bird did. Yeah, <laughs> it was a cannonball. It was, it was super cool. But goose season's awesome. Yeah. Good luck, yeah. guys. Yeah, have fun Good luck there. on dove. dove. Be safe. Dove hunting's super fun if you don't need 100 or 125 of your own shells. Because <laughs> they're hard to hit. Oh, yeah. There's there's <laughs> a lot of shells. There's a lot of shells. Be- that's I think that's what I really liked about dove and that kind of hunting was you're out there getting to shoot shells. You're out there shooting, and that was always yeah. a lot of fun. And you can wear a T-shirt and shorts, and you're yeah. sitting on a wood line on a bucket. <laughs> I remember no, what my cousin and I used to do is when we get out of school, we would drive around because that was the time when all the corn would start to come down and they'd be teepeed. So we'd drive to the edge of the field, and we'd find out where all the doves were eating the corn, and then we'd ambush them and then just run after them and flush them <laughs> and then shoot them <laughs> on the flush and then drive to the next one and just... We would make like big squares through all the Amish fields and then just flush them and shoot them and just keep right on going. Awesome. Hell yeah. A lot I'm, of good I, times. Miss, I miss dove hunting. Critter Path used to have, I think they still has, still have. Critter Path is a sporting clay course uh, up north. And they used to have like a, like a two-day thing. Like you shoot sporting clays in the morning. And then starting at noon, you draw for your blinds. And they'd have all these feet, all these blinds set up where you go out and you hunt dove in the afternoon they bring you cheese and cigars and stuff too no not at all you you <laughs> actually got to eat a lot of lead that day because <laughs> there were so many people out there you were getting peppered no matter what you did i uh i do have one other it's a, it's an overlooked season but we have squirrel season open right now squirrel over in ohio in ohio They're so good so eating. here's love, the thing i love squirrel on my trail cameras, I have a black squirrel that is every bit as big as a giant fox squirrel. Wow. I really want to mount him. Like, I want him on the wall. Uh, there we go. There you go. I, I picked up on your <laughs> phrasing. I'm going to go up for that. I'm a, I want that squirrel on the wall. I've always wanted to shoot a black squirrel. I haven't got a black one yet. So it's a giant black squirrel. That's going to make a beautiful mount. I'm going to try to go get them. Go get it. Put it on the Instagram so we can all see it. Uh, Alrighty. Th- uh, quick quick reminder, Beast of the East is coming up. If you're going, can't wait to see you. One month. One month. I oh, can't I'm wait. so looking forward to everybody being wait. there. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the captain's meeting. They said there's going to be beer there, too. I'll be first in line. We, well, you, you can weasel your way through. Nobody will see you coming. You're darn right. <laughs> you just see a nose creep up your side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. We're brought to you by Yeti, built for the wild. Sims, check out the new lineup, simsfishing.com. A-Rex hooks, fresher salt. And we got Cortland lines. It's that time of the year. Grab the pike and muscle lines. 
Friends of the show, Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank at Chippewa River Custom Rods, our buddies over at Muskie Fool, and as always, the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance. Have a great week, folks.